0: Hello, and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle. Thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. You can also check out the podcast at YouTube, Sonic Cinema Podcast, as well as Apple, Google, and Spotify. I'm pleased to be joined with a fellow film blogger that I've known for a few years now and uh, have even contributed I think it's just one uh piece for his website, uh the inner circle. But um there's you know, we we have discussions about movies back and forth. It's always fun to talk to him and I wanted to uh bring him on to the podcast to uh talk a little bit more. Uh please welcome to the uh show Michael Patrick.
1: Hey Brian thanks for having me. Uh yeah there has been a, a few years we've known each other for quite a long time.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and uh, I think, uh, I think, well, despite the, you know, despite the Browns, uh, other, <laughs> other than the Cleveland Browns, uh, I find you to be an outstanding human being.
2: Well, you
0: know, I mean, I, I could, you know, I mean, uh, that it's, it's good to know as a Steelers fan, you're able to see that in people. Uh, <laughs> this, oh I'll, I'll hey, some of, to be fair, some of my, in, in all honesty, I've, we we've, we've got family friends who have been Steelers fans for ever and we we love them so you yeah. know I, I i i love i respect the healthy rivalry of it
1: i um, will have to say this as a, an official Steelers fan <laughs> um, as a uh, we love the Steelers we love we support the Steelers we're all about the Steelers but uh but we don't like big ben Big <laughs> Ben and go away. We don't want Ben on the team. It would have been better if he would have just like left forever ago. <laughs> and those yeah. who don't know know exactly what I'm talking about.
2: Yes,
0: indeed. It's you know, and the funny thing is that's that's one of the uh, that that's one of the big what ifs and Brown in recent Browns history. If the Browns had actually drafted Roethlisberger in 04, like. <laughs> Because he wanted to play for Cleveland, and like, but the coach at the time was so enamored with his uh, Miami, P- Miami University of Miami P- players, he picked somebody arguably even more dubious than Ben Roethlisberger and Kellen Winslow Jr.
1: So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that didn't end up very well, did it? No,
0: not at all. Um, but no, it's no, it it's gonna be it. No, it's it's gonna be a fun division to look to watch if we get a chance to uh see any football this year, which I think they'll do everything in they in their power to make sure that happens. So yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I huh.
0: I'm I'm curious to see what that's gonna be like. But let's get on to the subject of movies for a second. Um sure. so yeah, let's what, what in what inspired you to start writing about movies?
1: Well, my blog has its roots in um well, obviously the uh, the greatest tragedy in my life and I started my blog when my wife Laura Ann got sick. Hmm. Uh she developed uterine cancer and I started the blog as a way to to chronicle what was going on with us and uh, I started it on Facebook, and then I transferred it to Blogger. dot com, and then I went to WordPress. So I wrote about how you know the, the progression of the cancer, and it which eventually ended up taking her in May of 2013. Um, but I had found that writing had kept me somewhat sane during the ordeal, and um, so while I could have kept on writing about it. I just felt like nobody would really want to read that over and over and over, and it'd probably be really healthy for me to move on from that. So um, I started writing about movies. Um, that's just a way it just took to to keep writing, mm-hmm. and so I got encouragement from uh, I got encouragement from a lot of people, including uh, film director Sean Kane. Um, who has been uh, totally beneficial to my blog? I mean, he's he's been a huge supporter of it since, since day one. Um, I reviewed his movie Jurassic uh, City as my first as my first review, and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I you know I like, was just writing how, how I felt about a movie. I mean, I'm not trained. Uh, I don't really. Uh, I guess I really don't understand a, a person who feels like they're a professional critic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that term—that term just seems so funny to me. Um, so I started out with uh, with Jurassic City, and then I started just doing some fun, cheesy movies at first. Um, I just learned as I went on. I, I read a lot of uh, read a lot of blogs like yours, and uh, and and I just. You know, and I watched more and variety, you know, different variety of movies. And, and I just became, you know, more confident in my writing, uh, overcoming my blocks. <laughs> you know about that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. That they're in front of the, the computer and it's like not have everything to say, but don't, don't have a way to get it out. Uh, so, yeah, I, and I didn't want to write about blockbusters. But I knew that. I, uh, probably about 10 movies in. I knew that I didn't want to be like everybody else writing no. about Star Wars or, you know, or Terminator or you know whatever the flavor of the month was at the time. So I just wrote about smaller, obscure, retro movies, and I seem to have found a, a nice niche with that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the hardest things about film blogging. I think is. Uh, f- especially when you get started, is figuring out what your niche is when it comes to writing about it. I mean, I, you know, it's like I still worry about um, most, if not all, of the uh, big blockbusters, uh, classic movies and stuff like that. But one of the things that really helped me sort of take what I was doing to another level was I, I started to have filmmakers send me their... Movies and be interested in having me review their movies for the site and so um that really did expand my interest beyond uh the bigger movies and the blockbusters and the major studio films to more independent films in in the true sense of the word in terms of uh indies that don't even necessarily have distribution that you're more likely to find on. Uh, festival circuits or even online as opposed to in theaters. And I I know that that is, but that is the hardest thing to do is to try to figure out like, okay, I mean, I'm writing about, you know, for me, so much of it was trying to, you know, I'm writing about all these big movies the the hard thing for me was sometimes to get to them on time because I wasn't necessarily for me to be able to have them relatively, current in terms of the you know necessity of my uh of my writing about him is would be you know making sure i see him opening night or you know opening weekend at least and so uh that was definitely it that was that was a bit of a struggle but having uh filmmakers uh why my opinion on their movies it's like that that definitely opened a lot more doors for me to where i could uh sort of figure out what i wanted to go from there
1: um i i agree it's 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 that that part is interesting i mean um i mean my 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 progression on the blog just went from you know what's you know, like I, I know a lot of people do the blockbusters because they bring in the views. I mean, or the or you know, they bring in the viewers or whatnot. And mm-hmm. you know, if they're hot. And you know, the, if I posted a, a Rise of Skywalker, I probably would get you know, four, five, six hundred views. You know, on my article. But if I did, uh, you know, Elm Street, uh, people just look at me all weird. You know, like mm-hmm. the story of Elm Street. Well, what what's Elm? What's Elm Tree? Elm Tree, and this was like, well, well, that would be the place where they actually made the movie. Oh, and that would bring about fifteen viewers. Yeah. You know, it's like nobody really knows about it, but I did, and, and, and it's like that's something to me is fascinating, and um, and it's like I said, I mean, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, you know, I guess yeah, I just found my, I just find it more fun to write about something that hasn't been written about before. Yeah. you know, very under, very underwritten. Now, occasionally, occasionally that I will find, I'll find a movie where I'll, I'll think, wow, no one's ever heard of this. And yet I'll look at the database page and there's like 30 people. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm in good, I'm in good company.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I write just, I write about every movie out there except for two genres. I don't cover. Uh, I don't, of course, I don't do adult entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I also don't do torture porn. Yeah. Uh, Will not do that. Don't want it. Um, And believe me, I've had a few cross my desk, and they just kept on sliding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do appreciate and really am flattered when a a director, especially short films, uh, will contact me and they'll ask me to review a film. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: Sometimes I can get to it. Sometimes I can't
2: yeah
1: um and also too is I'm also because my background is actually live music well okay. in another in another life i I worked in live music for ten years and uh so I know the value of promotion that's one mm-hmm. thing musicians do know very well it's how to promote
2: yeah,
1: and I find myself taking that same you know i th- i take the same ethic with me. And I look for people who promote their films, mm-hmm. um, and themselves, um, that helps shape what I do t- as well. Yeah. Um, I think actors tend to think and directors tend to think that I'll make a movie, I'll move on
3: mm-hmm. and
1: whoever's behind me, they'll have to promote it. Well, as you've already already seen as most, most people, most they may do what we're doing. That has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing people get cast in movies that almost really don't have that many, don't have any active experience,
3: mm-hmm.
1: like YouTube stars or whatnot, Instagram people. Yeah. Well, the reason why is because they have they promote. They get out, they get out there, and they promote themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, a, a regular actor or actress might sit up there and say, "But I, I'm not trade. I have credits." Yeah, but you also don't have a hundred thousand people following you, and you're not out there every time, uh, with uh, you know, we have a line in a film, and you're out there promoting the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Look at look at I'm on this movie. I had a line, and here I'm going to tell all my people about it. Yeah, um, it's the the landscape has changed, uh, mm-hmm. as far as promotion goes. Um, so when so a director comes up to me and wants me to, to write about their film, I'm 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 interested in seeing, you know, how are they promoting it? How are they getting it out there? Yeah, because if they care about it, if they they promote it, then I care about it. Mm-hmm. I find that people who just dump and run, I'm not really interested in that. Mm-hmm. It's there's more to just making a movie than yelling, you know, action cut and print.
2: Yeah.
0: No, and I I know for me, like, it's been, it's been, you know, I I look as, you know, I, I look as a sort of a symbiotic relationship, too, where it's like, you know, they, you know, they're asking me for, you know, my opinion of their movie, which will help them promote the movie, but then they will also, when they get my review back, they will go, you know, and post that on their social media so that pe- more people are coming to my site. So it it's it's very much a win-win. But one of the things that's also been nice is I've been very fortunate to get to know a lot of filmmakers who mm-hmm. um just uh who who really I, I I like what they have to say. I like a lot of the things that they have to say i like the projects that they come in to and so being able to see them grow from that is one of the most one of the more interesting and entertaining things for me
1: See, that's what i love about what you and i do Mm -hmm. because we're not we're not we're not beholden by so-called rules you know like yeah you can't have a personal relationship with any of these people you, you work with yeah um I'm not sure if we're allowed to cuss or not, but oh, I don't, I, I don't, have, I
0: don't have a problem with it. Okay,
1: but I will say uh, <laughs> bullshit to that because I'm friends with a lot of artists, a
2: mm-hmm. lot of
1: actors, a lot of actresses, and a hell of a lot of film directors. Yeah, and I enjoy talking to them.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I mean, there's my 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 you know two of my like two of my favorite directors I talk to is like Sean Kane, and then I talk to Theus Musu over of the Netherlands. And he directed a movie, uh, co-directed a movie, with the, with Colleen Bongers, who I'm now talking, i was talking up a storm. Now that I'm on Instagram, now her and I are talking up a storm.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: love it. I, I love the. You know, I love the relationships. It allows me to see what the process is like. Yeah. You know, and and I thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I like seeing there. I like seeing it. Um, you know, it's it's really fun to, you know. And sometimes I'll share with you some things, you know. Yeah. Uh, not every, not every, not every relationship happens that way. I mean,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I'll, I'll tell you this funny story. I won't mention names. I'll just, um, I, I will talk tell you that. Uh, what did my blog? I have an interview series called Eight Questions with,
3: mm-hmm. which
1: actually predates my reviews by a long shot. I started out on on, on the old MySpace, <laughs> but I. I I brought it along to the blog as a way to break it up, you know to break it up mm-hmm. so I interviewed different people from everywhere um you know artists actress uh you know writers er- everything and uh one of was film directors so here's here's a here's a funny sto- here's a funny story for you i um i go ahead and i i buy this movie um uh, I buy this movie, and, you know, because a friend of mine who's in it, you know, I've interviewed I've interviewed him before. And so I'm, I I ping him on Twitter. I says, hey, I, I bought your movie. I'm going to be looking at it. And he goes, that's great. You know, it's awesome. And then um, then I, I get a ping from uh, the director of the movie. He says, that's great. Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: so a lot of my interviews come at the spur of the moment.
3: Yeah.
4: So
1: I, I just turn around and ask him, hey, I want to do an interview with me. He says, "I'd be, I'd be awesome." And I said, "All right, let's do it." So, um, I find out that I had actually, you know, I had a long time ago before I met this fellow, I had, I had actually uh, done a movie that he had written, which um, I really liked. I thought I, I thought I had, I thought I had could have been really special, mm-hmm.
4: um,
1: but it wasn't necessarily his fault. The story was good, but. The, the direction was a little bit, you know, a little bit shaky. He yeah. didn't direct it, but he wrote it. So I'm like, okay, I know this gentleman's work a, a little bit. So I'm, I'm excited to get this movie. I'm looking forward to it, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it so I can get my questions out to him. But, and I, I watch it and I review it, and the movie's garbage. Mm-hmm. It, it's, just, it's just trash. It's just trash. I mean, the concept was great. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Brian. I, I lo- absolutely love concepts, which is probably one of the reasons why it really stung a little bit that it sucked so bad. Because it's like, wow, this is just a great idea, and holy cow, I wish you know, I wish. Um, so I, I there's there's a couple things that are good in it. Um, uh, a very well-known, and famous face in our in, in the horror genres in it, and does a really credible job. But the rest of the movie is just really bad. Mm-hmm. But I I write my I write my review and I put it up, and then I send him my questions. I send him my questions. I'm just like you know, one review. It's just one person up here in Michigan. has no affiliation with a uh, Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or any of those big you know. You know those huge ones that pay you for for reviews and stuff like that. You know, yeah. that you know, kiss ass. Not just one guy. And then I get a I get an email back from from him about four days later. He said, "I, I can't do the re, I can't do the interview. Um, I don't know how I don't know how my distributor would like it if I did an interview after you pretty much roasted my movie." <laughs> <laughs> I just I was just sort of floored by that, and so I, I wrote to him. I said, uh, I understand that i, I really do uh, but he, you know he says i said'm I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way i mean i'm you know mm-hmm. you know just a, he says, well, maybe if you'd done the the interview first and then the reviewer and i I wrote to him i said i said I, now how would you how would you like it if i was kissing your ass, getting this interview going right. and putting it up and then and then I come out with my review, and mm-hmm. my review is what it is now, how would you feel about me as a person for doing that? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you think I would be i was dishonest to you? Because I, I respect you far more than that. Mm-hmm. I could have played it that way, but I didn't because it's wrong. It's yeah. wrong to do. Um, as you know, as a, as a critic, um, a lot of times you'll get, you'll, you'll get an angry director or an actor or whatnot I'm like, how dare you?
2: Yeah.
1: And I always tell them, just, you know what, I, I told, I'll tell you, it's just like I tell anybody else where I'm not going to promise you a good review. I'm not going to promise you a bad review. I'm going to only promise you an honest
3: review. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and it's just it's just two people.
2: Yeah. It's
1: me, it's me, and the cheetah. And that's it. It's just <laughs> two of us. And, oh, the cheetah. Uh, that's my co-writer. Mm-hmm. He he watches all the movies with me. Uh, my my uh, my review section is called "Have Cheetah Will View."
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he picks the movies out, and whatever he picks, we watch <laughs> with a little help of catnip. <laughs> but I mean, don't you feel? I mean, you're 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 more of a professional critic than I am. I mean, I've I've watched you just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And you got credentials, and you get invited to places and mm-hmm. you know a lot more people are sending you stuff and uh as but I, I mean, let me ask you a question okay, the more big that you get, the more well known that you get don't you find you have a lot less freedom
0: to a certain extent yeah um I mean especially when it comes to like um especially if I agreed to if I'm interested in getting a screener to a uh, to a movie that you know a PR person has sent me about, whether it's for IFC or Landmark theaters and stuff like that, I mean I've gotten you know, and uh, yeah, I mean that's that's one of those things where it's like, you know, I I basically am obligated to post a review on those whether I like it or not. And, uh, you know, some so, you know, I can't necessarily say, yeah, I'm not really interested in writing a re- review. But the thing is, it's like, I'm also, I am fortunate that I'm not necessarily beholden to having to write a positive review for them sometimes. Um, but I will say, as far as, like, interviews, that's been, getting interviews with those filmmakers, that's a harder thing. Obviously, I mean, I have been fortunate to get a few interviews out of those, um, but at the same, but at the same time, it's harder because of the fact that those. It's basically, you know, the the PR person. Who, it's there's a lot of gatekeeping when it comes to like, oh, we've got we we only we can only pick and choose so many, you know, so many people to interview, you know, to do interviews with, and it's like. I you know, I, I've missed out on some that I wish I would have liked to have gotten to, but at the same time I I was fortunate enough to happen to get an interview with Lynn Shelton when her last film was coming out last year and that was really you know, and that was that was nice and it's like i you know, some other filmmaker some filmmakers this year, the documentary Spaceship Earth, I got a chance to talk to that director. But at the same time, you know, it's harder to get those type of Interviews, but you know what? I I actually enjoy the filmmakers that I enjoy talking to filmmakers that send me their stuff more because of the fact I feel like I have more freedom. Like we have more freedom to talk about just whatever you know I might be interested in bringing up, and it's not limited to fifteen minutes. So, I mean that's that's one of the that's one of the nice things about that that is very different.
1: I do feel like like my my interview series is all written like uh the eight questions format is mm-hmm. I you know I send the same thing out to everybody and uh I basically ask between 8 to 12 sometimes more um uh questions to whoever I'm talking to and mm-hmm. I just I just ask them to write out a, a good answer, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't want them to write out a just a generic single sentence or whatnot. You know, I, I don't run those. Um, whereas a lot of, you know, a lot of my, my uh, interviews have just come with a lot of actors who just break it out into the business. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just, you know, they have maybe a few credits here and there. and uh, But when I was in the mute, live music, that was my forte. My mm-hmm. forte was able to find bands that pop that were, you know, that were big before they popped. Yeah. And I booked a lot of bands that nobody knew at the time, but they ended up becoming very famous. They're still playing out there today. You yeah. know, uh, lately it does seem that like my interview series has starting to tick upward as far as names go.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, as far as that goes, um, and that's really it's 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 interesting to me, you know. It's like I don't know how it happened. It it just slowly, you know. And it's just like you know, I don't like send out a blanket. You know, I don't send out like you know. You, know like you want to talk to me like 50 people. All my all mine are just strictly by by my gut. Mm-hmm. Like like I will you know. Like there I've I've seen several people you know who. I, I just, just how I feel. It's just like, okay, I want to interview this person. So I'll interview this person. Yeah. And um, sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll get a little help. Uh, more often than not, it's just a straight one to one. And it's a lot of fun. And, and um, you know, and you give them some leeway, give them some space. And you sit there and say, hey, just send it to me, you know, send it to me when you can, you know, basically about three weeks or so. And wow, some of the some of the interviews have just been outstanding.
2: Mm
1: hmm. Uh they they open up, they're allowed the time to talk. Yeah. Uh I mean you basically interview is basically what it is Out It is. It's like you're talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's surprisingly hard for a lot of people to actually sit down to do that. Yeah. Uh, but I look at – I always tell them, like, some of the folks will have trouble to say, what am I supposed to say? And I'll sit there and say, you're, 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 you know, you're brand new. You're brand new. Like, you know, if you're in the U.K. Like, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite actresses who I adore so much, uh, I found off a of blind buy. Uh, uh, I got a movie called The Bladelock Residence. Mm-hmm. And I just fell in love with the leading lady. Um,
2: her name's Kelly
1: Goody. She's a Scott, Scottish, uh, uh, English actress and oh, just amazing person. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, not too many credits and, uh, you know, today's, you know, today's world, it took a little, took a little time, but I did track her down and I asked her, I said, what's that? can do an interview. And she says, what do I talk about? I said, I want you to talk about yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna introduce yourself. You you got a movie. You you're in a position that a lot of your peers are not. You're an, you're a Scottish actress that opened a movie here in the states. As
3: mm-hmm.
1: an independent horror film, and let me tell you, that doesn't happen very often. No. But here, you, but here you go. So you know you're 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 gonna tell people about yourself, and we're gonna introduce you to the people here in the states.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's. You know, you tell it to any, anybody you talk to and same thing with the film directors. like, well, uh, what do I, what do I, what do I talk about? Right. You know, we'll talk about your movie. <laughs> uh, just cut loose. Uh, tell us all about you. So like when people, when, you know, when people hear a, a name, they go like, oh yeah, I, I know who that person is. And they'd be more after not to watch your movie.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, spend that money. Yeah. Um. I the movies I review, um, I mean, other than the shorts, because you and I both get shorts of the yin yang. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Yeah, I I don't mind them. I'm a huge short film fan, guy, huge. That's something I really, I really never thought about when I started doing this. Mm -hmm. But good lord, Brian, you and I have seen some amazing short films. Oh yes, I mean. Yes. In some cases the short films are better than the featured lengths.
0: Agreed. Yep.
1: Um just some just some amazing, amazing short films. Mm-hmm. The genre is so alive and well. Yeah. And uh, but uh, I I just I like the short film format. I like, uh you know, I like the short film uh, format. I like that it's a showcase for a lot of good actors. Mm-hmm. Um uh gosh. I'm gonna pass it over for you for a minute while I gather my thoughts about that.
2: <laughs> well I was
0: uh, well um I was actually curious as far have have you uh, have have you uh I know you and I are mutual friends of his. Have you uh have you interviewed um Tim Tim Cox for the site?
1: Oh Tim Timothy Cox?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Now where Sean is the, as a director is the friend of the blog, Timothy Cox, as an actor, is definitely a friend of the blog. yeah, I have reviewed a lot of timothy cox's of uh short films as have i um <laughs> I really, really wish that some feature late director would take a chance and mm-hmm. grab him. I yeah. would like to see what he could do you know with some room to, you know some room to maneuver. Yeah, he um, he
0: he is such a talented actor. It's Like he's I,
1: extremely he, talented. He
0: he, but I bring that up because I've actually I've had him on the show several times, and he's he's always a fun person to talk to. Oh
1: so. my gosh, he sounds like he just be an absolute hoot. Yeah, uh, I did interview Tim a long time ago. In fact, I need to probably reach out and ask him to do a follow up. I know that he recently moved from New York to Ohio. Yeah. So he's not that far away from me. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to. I should definitely do that. But um, yes, yeah, his movies are extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, to be alone is probably one of the top twenty films I've reviewed altogether on my uh, on my blog. I don't remember, um, if, I, I
3: don't remember that, if I've
0: reviewed that one yet.
1: Oh, that movie is a that movie is a it's a mind blower. Mm. That that one is that. The ending is, you know, I, I we had, to, I, you know, it's like, he didn't know. He, he, you know, he had a theory. I had a theory. We just didn't know. But it's the ending is so, you know, the story is so powerful. Either way, mm-hmm. I saw it one way. I, I think other people saw it a different way. But, wow, isn't that what the film supposed to be about anyway? Yeah. You know, like, you know, so, just a, Beautiful movie.
0: Yes, I did um, review it. I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember because I've reviewed so many of his movies and I know there are still few, there are a few in my, uh, inbox that I haven't gotten to yet. Um,
1: that one, that one stays with me. Yeah. That one, that movie stays with me, uh, all the time. I mean, I could think about, I mean, people mention you know, favorite movies or whatnot. It, I mean, to be alone is definitely one of my choices right away. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that he did that, that <laughs> made me angry and really made me angry was Here Lies Joe. Yeah. And, um, I was really mad at that. I, I sort of, you know, like it's very rare for a movie to come inside and just get and set up in your mind and your brain and just live there mm-hmm. and to be, you know, the, to, you know, Here Lies Joe was one of those movies. Yeah. And, um, you know, just. It's just a great performance. You know, it's a great performance. It's a harsh subject. Um, you know, and you know, not every character you, you watch uh in a movie is a likable character, but that's good because that means that means when they get you to, to, to be angry, they've done their job. You know, they yeah. or you're happy or you're you know, you're sad or whatever, they've done their job. The actor has done their job. Um like you mentioned earlier about you uh review IFC movies. Mm-hmm. and as you know um I'm, I'm i'm a i'm a i s ai am ISC fanatic uh, i i collect their films i have hundred and eighty six of them sitting mm-hmm. on my shelf uh and we remiss to do any any sort of podcast or any sort of you know without me talking about my favorite film that i've ever reviewed and that was called it's a movie called a dark song okay um yeah i that movie is uh that movie's me that movie is Totally me. I, I am definitely that that is that is all me all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I won't spoil it because it's a really intense film. You need to see it. Uh, it was directed by Liam Gavin, and uh, about a woman who who suffers a tremendous loss yeah. and what she'll do to 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 gain peace. And it's just haunting as hell, it is dark, it is haunting, and it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is a beautiful film i I mean me and Liam, we'd actually talked about it, and i I personally don't feel it's a horror film per se um, He said, I think it's a horror film, and i i'm like, I think there's elements of horror into it, definitely the loss of a child. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. probably the most horrific thing, but the ending of the movie and the progression of the, of this woman's journey, that's, that's, that's why I like sitting down and writing reviews. Yeah. The movies like that, Mm -hmm. it makes, it makes it a lot more easier for me, you know, sit down there and go like, wow, this, this is, this is utterly, completely beautiful. And I got to share this with people. I, I got to tell you about this movie,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so let me do that. You know, that's part of the reason why I write too, is because yeah. I want to. I want to tell you about what I saw.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: my buddy uh, Catfish and I. Uh, we well, we have a. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do this with Toxic. I mean, if you guys ever lived close enough together, Toxic. Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe, yeah. I'm telling you, you guys would do this. I know this. I've I thought about this actually when I've been talking to you. But me and my buddy Catfish, what well, we'll do, we'll get together, and we each pick a movie. We each get we each pick a movie for our collections. He's got like 5,500 movies.
4: Oh wow! The guy
1: has the, the guy has the largest sake, uh collection I know. Hmm. I mean. And he, and and he's a big fan of Fe, uh, of Seagal, which is a rarity. But he he loves the Steven Seagal movies. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what we'll do is we'll we'll each go to our respective house. You know, and come on over. Whoever hosts the party uh, buys the dinner. Another the person gets snacks, and then we then we try to basically are watch the movies. What we're trying to do is get the other person to 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 go to love it so much that they buy it. That's mm-hmm. the whole gimmick to push it. So. Uh, yeah, I have never lost yet. <laughs> I have gotten him to buy every single movie I've showed him. He's, he's went and bought the movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I've, I've done it to him like, I've done it to him like 10 times and I converted him to, I made him into an ISC, uh, a believer. Nice. He's a tease. Yes. He's a tease the hell out of me about you're, you're, you're just a fanatic. You're, you're just, you know. I'm going. I'm to the video story, Yeah, what are you looking for? I already know, but now he's got like 30 of them of, of himself. <laughs> well, now,
0: it's it's nice to see somebody obsessed with IFC as opposed to A24. I love A20. I love a lot of films that A24 comes out, but it's it's almost like completely to to the point where it's cliched for some for a film lover oh, to love AFC. Oh, a twenty four at this point
1: yeah you know who the you know who blu-ray dan is no okay so blu-ray dan and he's a he's a he, he's a big uh youtube critic
3: mm-hmm. and
1: he gets a lot of stuff and he does a lot of reviews and whatnot but he's a he's an A twenty four fanatic in fact <laughs> we have a we have a rivalry here i always gotta i always gotta hype him up uh i'll send you the link to his page he's He's like the sweetest guy too. He really just—he's just a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And it, but his A24 fanaticism is about as good as, <laughs> as, as probably as big as my ISC. And and he he and I we had a long discussion over a ghost story. Yeah. Now a ghost story is one of the very worst films I've ever seen. That movie is garbage. I cannot begin to tell you how how awful that movie is. <laughs> I hate that movie. That's one of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, the 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 guy who who, who made the movie, the director, the director of the movie, he made that movie for one person. One person he made that movie for, and that was for himself. <laughs> there's nothing there. To there's no there's no redemption. There's no nothing redeeming about it. Mm-hmm. And his take, his take on what grief is, or whatever. You know, I know Greece is an individual thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you know, but he made it obscene. He 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 yeah. made it he made it obscene. Uh, and uh uh and I I just no. But I, I saw how everybody was just hyped over that movie, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, it's a great movie and I, I, I got it. I went buy, actually went up and bought it and I put it on there and I, I made it through.
3: Mm-hmm. But
1: good Lord that movie sucks so hard. <laughs> I, I And after that, uh, you know, as far as A twenty four goes, you're right. It's this. It's they're they're very inconsistent. Um, I mean, like you look at the lighthouse. Now, my older sister loved it. She says, "You got to get that movie.
4: You got to get
1: it." (laughs) My younger sister is like, "I could not stand it. I wanna just. I we walked out." Mm -hmm. And and I've heard. you know, it's like hit and miss. I mean, I've heard things about Hereditary. Her, you know, Hereditary is the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and then you got Ms. Summer, who's like, you know, three hours of just walking around the countryside with a little bit of a burst of action.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, it, it, I think people get they get tied up to it is because it was a new A24 film. But it doesn't yeah. mean it's, it's good. I mean, even I, even I, with my ISCs, I can tell you right now. In a weird twist, I do my top twenty like you do. Mm-hmm. You and I do top and bottom twenties. My top movie for for a couple of years ago was a Dark Song, ISC midnight movie. The one movie I hated the most of that year was an ISC movie called whore, hashtag whore. Mm. Uh, Horror hashtag Horror H O R R O R Okay. That movie. That movie. I got. Okay. So I don't get mad at movies. I mean, I you know, I don't. Even though I, I said to be alone, uh, to be you know, to hear Lies Joe. I mean, that's probably like a handful I've actually watched and go like, what were they thinking about? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But that was with horror. That movie just it was just so sloppy, and so arrogant, and so. I'm a, I'm a rich girl, I'm bored, so I'm going to make, I have money, so I'm going to make a movie. It was just a god-awful piece of shit. And and just because it was an ISC movie does not mean that I cannot get off, the, get off you know, I can't sit there and say, oh, yeah, it's the best thing since, you know, forever.
2: Yeah.
1: When, in fact, it was like the worst thing forever. Hmm. Um, I don't really, I mean, I notice you don't either, and I really respect this about you, Brian, a lot. I respect about this by any uh, any critic, self style or professional or whatnot. I don't think that it's behoovy to simply slag a movie just because you can. Yeah. Um, this is a huge thing now that I've noticed. Um, like a lot of film filmmakers, um, a lot of a lot of people write reviews. And they make them as snotty and snarky as possible. They, mm-hmm. they write shitty reviews because they get the buzz out of writing the shitty review. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. like that at all. Now, has every movie I've ever reviewed uh, been a winner? No. Yeah. No. No. I, of course, not. Um, has there some that just been out, out, just like okay? Here's a good example. If you're writing about, if you're if you're writing a review about an uh, independent horror film or independent creature feature, you're not allowed to write a bad review. You're not, because basically you know, already know going in is going to be bad, mm-hmm. and it often is. So what you try to do, if you can, I do anyway. Yeah. If I try to look for for the uh, you know I I silver lining. Mm-hmm. Like the the Baylock residents who I mentioned earlier, the movie, the director shot himself in the foot. He had he had a good movie, but he didn't include his original ending, which would have wrapped up the movie and made it. Really, it would have been a, it would have been from point A to point Z. He he would have told a story and it would have, it would have been a fine ending. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to be edgy or whatever he was thinking, and he didn't do it. So his movie suffered for it. Yeah, this movie was movie wasn't that good. It's not his cast's fault that that he did that. Mm-hmm. Okay, his cast gave a great performance, and and so what I what I write my review, I said the movie itself is not that good, but the acting in it, especially by the lead actress that was Kelly, uh, was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, holy cow! You you just want to sit there and go like, put her in something else because I want to <laughs> see her again. Um. So I always try to write uh, a a silver lining in every review. Yeah, Um, I do that now more now than I did when I first started out. Mm I mean, um, I mean, you know, because I didn't know any better. Yeah, you know. But as I've gotten, you know, you and I, you know, this from from you doing your uh, commentary for Twenty Fifty, which was. A fun, a fun listen to. By the way, thank you. Uh, I, I, I. As I've gotten further on as, as writing, you and I have both started meeting the, the the artists involved. You know, like when I when I first started out, I didn't know any actors, I didn't know any directors. I knew mm-hmm. Sean Kane, but I mean, that was it. I mean, I knew a couple of actors and whatnot. But here it is, 455 reviews later, and I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. and it's not not name dropping per se, but I'm saying if I know a lot of people, and now I understand how movies get made yeah, and so now you respect the process all that much more because it's it's very often a labor of love mm-hmm i i re, I got a review from a movie called underwood um it's a it was a a a mystery door set in Florida mm-hmm the, the director who who sent me this movie I, I was so impressed with the man it took him five years to complete his movie wow that's love yeah you know that's that's just love Mm-hmm. you know whether you know whether you think it's the movie's very good or not who cares yeah the, the guy spent five years <laughs> uh uh making this movie. Getting a little bit of money here, getting some time here, and putting, you know, shooting on the weekends, and, you know, and I ain't, you gotta have nothing, whether you like the movie or not, you have to respect the process, you have to respect the drive. Right. I I just think that sometimes YouTube interviewers, you know, they don't understand that, they don't, I think a lot of them are out there just to get free stuff, they yeah. don't understand the, they don't understand the process. They don't take. They don't take the time to talk to directors. They don't take time to talk to actors.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, producers or you know, all they want. is, like if I put together a five minute review on YouTube, I'll get I'll get free stuff. Right. And if, you're in it for all the wrong reasons if you're doing it.
2: Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. And the thing is, I I think I think so much of the problem. It's you know so much of the problem with. Film criticism now and and I mean let's let's be perfectly clear, a lot of the stuff that you don't see on that you see on YouTube with regards to movies is not real film criticism. It's like no. film outrage more. It's it's basically it's basically like all these people who've seen decades of you know the twenty four hour news cycle essentially becoming a you know, a a back-and-forth uh, argument that passes for debate has has essentially, it's it's eventually <coughs> made its way into these YouTube reviewers where it's like, you know, there, there are some people, like, that come up on Twitter, you know, whenever they say something really stupid and asinine, and I'm like, I never heard of this person before, and there's a good reason that I'm... Glad for that because of the fact that like that's not the type of person I want to pay attention to when it comes to movies. It's like no. I'd much rather just talk. It's like what did you like about a movie? What didn't you like? But the problem is, it's like this is this is where the the constant news cycle, and especially at a time now where there's like not really much news going on because everything is going on with COVID that it's it's you know we have to come up with something to get our clicks and it's like uh-uh. why are people even watching this? It's like well, I can barely get through some of those videos without just turning them off immediately.
1: Now I I just you know I haven't I just started and you know I I've you know I've started my uh he finally got my YouTube channel up and um and like, I personally will tell you, there are, I mean, there are some really cool people yeah, uh, out there. I mean, uh, you know, Blu-ray Dan, outstanding. Uh, Dan from Reject Films. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy, that guy, I watched that guy, you know, he's gone through his own personal hell. But I um, know I was, you know, I was really worried for him because he's my friend and I, I really like him and. And you know, for a minute there, I was like, "Holy cow, he's got to hang on here."
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but he's coming back, and he's you know, his his uh, his reviews are, are are have really gotten really good, and they're insightful, and he takes <laughs> his time. Uh, he really cares about what he watches, and his, his 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 when I first met him, he his 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 you know his. What he watches was very narrow, it was like Oh, horror and you know er yeah now what now i watch sit there and I watch him. like <laughs> you know a year and a half later, and all of a sudden you know he's he's very much like me in the sense that he and you is like he will watch anything mm-hmm. and you know to me it's like like i get I get teased a lot um because on my blog it, you probably already seen some of these, but on my blog, I do something like most most people probably would not do. And that is, I, I watch it and yes, I review Hallmark movies. <laughs> I, 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 absolutely love them. Yeah. I, 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 you know what, I know what they're about going into it, but you know what, I, you, I, I love them. Mm. I, 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 I can put down, I can put them on it's 90 minutes It's just getting away mm. and, and, and it's, you know, there's always going to be a happy ending for the most part. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, I watched. Uh, I picked up a, uh, a, a, uh, I picked up a pilot called, from this uh, series called Sign Sealed, Delivered." Um, I absolutely love the show. Only ran ten episodes, but they made like fourteen movies.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, oh my gosh, they're so wonderful! I mean, mm-hmm. they're breath of fresh air. You can put them on. You're gonna. You get choked up. You're gonna laugh. You, you know. You, you're gonna be. You're gonna. You, you, it's gonna be. Horror fans are gonna always be amused that they always try and make Crystal Lowe look really homely, yeah. which she's one of the most beautiful, you know, actresses out there. That's part of it. You know, you sitting there and watch it like, all right, no one's buying this. I don't understand how you sit there and put her in these ratty dresses. I mean, look at her. It's Crystal Lowe <laughs> for Christ's sake. She's gorgeous. Uh, you know, you have a, a, a Kristen Booth. She's got the most expressive eyes of any actress. You watch her watch her eyes. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. I, I, I watched. I can watch anything she's in just to watch her eyes. Uh, I just like the chemistry. I like the feel goodness of the of, of what Hallmark brings. We need that, you know I, I need that.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know
1: I, I need that now, most reviewers, most most you know critics or you know, or you know youtubers or whatever you were, they won't touch those things with a 10foot pole. No. and how, how, how do I know this? Just go. Just go to any of their movie database pages. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm often the only person who, who reviews the movie.
3: Yeah,
1: maybe me me and two other people. We're the only ones that review it, <laughs> and that we're the only ones out there. So if you click on it, you'll you know. But I just think it's a breath of fresh air. I think it's needed. We don't have enough of those. Yeah. And now and look at Hallmark Channel now. Hallmark Channel is monstrous. Hmm. I mean, it's mo- It's a monster. They do all those Christmas movies, yeah i mean hell the, they, they i mean every christmas it's like they make they make you know they'll make Christmas movies throughout the year mm. come November december uh they'll run out thirty thirty five new Christmas movies, but good lord you just want, you just read the feedback on it, people just absolutely love it, they're mm. craving they're craving it, oh
0: yeah and, i mean i i have i have uh some some of my in laws absolutely love those.
1: Um, hell, even even Lifetime, you know the the Women in Jeopardy channel. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> some of those Lifetime movies are a hoot. <laughs> uh, but oh my God! But even even they have gotten into the Christmas game. Yeah. Uh, and I reviewed a couple of their movies from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and believe me, you was a little weird talking about about wow, Christmas down in Louisiana. <laughs> it's like, uh there's absolutely zero snow, folks. And you know, it's like it's really hard to get into the Christmas beer when there's no snow.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, but I, I love those movies. They're they're a hoot. Uh I, I they're you know, they make you feel good. You get away from it all because I mean personally I, I just I just find everybody anybody who just watches one genre a movie I, I just wow I just can't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got I,
1: the you got you got the superhero fans that are just. <laughs> but what what? Okay, what? Let's let's talk about this because I really want to know your opinion about okay about super about super fandom. So, what's your take on that? I mean, you know, what like is, people are like, oh my lord, it's crazy out there.
0: It it is is my my opinion of it is basically evolved at this point. I I. I mean, I would say I, I mean, I would say I love superhero movies. I love Star Wars. I love, I, I love those type of genres. I wouldn't necessarily, I love those type of movies. I wouldn't necessarily put myself in the deep fandom of obsessiveness at this point anymore. Um, I just, <clears throat> and I mean, part of it is the fan base themselves. Like, the fan base themselves is basically turned me off to the idea of being, Allie, like, a huge fan of them. It's like, yes, I, I love Star Wars. I have more that I want to talk about than just Star Wars, though. It's <laughs> like, I I love Marvel movies. I have more that I want to talk, to, talk about than just Marvel movies. It's like, and, <clears throat> you know, I... So, I mean, I, I would say I'm... I'm a fan of those movies and yes, I'm a bit of I would say I'm a bit obsessed with Star Wars. I have been for <laughs> over the years. But at the same time, I I also recognize there's so many more different types of movies, so many more uh different types of genres to talk about and to be interested in than just that.
1: I I yeah, I I I just I sit out here and I and I sit and I watch the didn't I watch the, uh, 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 the Super fandom? You know, the like it's really, really weird to me. It's like, like personally, the Star Wars movies, uh, the last three. Um, yeah, I, I, I have two of the three. I have got the the Rise of Skywalker yet.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I'll, I'll be brutally honest with you. I, I got them to watch them, but um, I hate them. I <laughs> just I, I the only reason I hate it is because. Star Wars is, is is such a trigger because I just find it. I found Disney to be like, arrogant and a arrogant and 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 really, you know, really, it's really offensive in a sense that it's the same thing happened to Star Trek, you know. It's but 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 not but different, yeah. and this is what I mean. Star Trek, I mean, Star Trek went off the air nineteen sixty nine, air from sixty six to sixty nine. Mm-hmm. But the fandom of that was just insane. Yeah. Okay. And they they wrote books. They they mean this. They wrote they, they you know books. They wrote their fan you know the fan fiction. Even back then, they didn't have they didn't make their fan movies back then. But they they wrote the books. They bought the books. They did conventions. They attended the conventions. I mean, the fandom kept Star Trek alive and and grew it. So here it is, nineteen seventy nine. And all of a sudden, you know, they're looking around, going like, "Holy shit!" I mean, there's, they're, you know, these fans are, you know, they're great. Star Wars came out, and that helped it. That helped yeah. it. But all it only helped it in the fact that it was it, was just, it told it told it the, the studios that hey, these fans have been out here all the all the while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they go ahead and, and they and they re- and they restart Star Trek. Now, mm-hmm. do they go back and re- and they did they go back to reboot it? No. And this is why Star Trek is so freaking superior to me than Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This is this is why, because the people who ran Paramount, who took over Star Trek, they did a continuation. They picked up, they picked up, and went with it forward. Yeah. Now, Star uh, and 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 everything has since, except for the J.J. Abrams,
2: mm-hmm.
1: has basically gone to and gone forward. Even Enterprise, you know, even though it was uh, uh, the prequel, but it still advanced the story forward. Yeah, you know, it, it filled the gaps, and it was awesome. And 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 not only that, but a lot of what the, uh, the fans created was incorporated into the into the Star Trek world.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like one of the most famous uh, one of the most famous ones, uh, which had impact on so many series. Was uh, uh what do they call it? Uh, a oh, well, it's their intelligence agencies, like Department Thirty One or Section Thirty One or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now that was fan created, but the creators of Star Trek implemented it into the series. A lot of what, a lot of what Spock did, yeah, you know, the the the, the you know Vulcan, they incorporated into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so now you flash forward to Star, you know, you know, now you flash forward to Star Wars the first three Star Wars movies came out. Mm-hmm. Awesome movies, great movies, you know. And so, uh, uh, hey, of course, right? Yeah, Michael.
0: I'm sorry, I hate to break it up. Uh, my mom's tried calling me a few times now. Oh, uh, could could we? Uh, could you call me back? And so, let's go ahead and get back started. I know uh, when we uh, left off, you were you were talking about. Um, Star Trek in the way that uh, Paramount treated that compared to uh, the the way Star Wars had been developed, and I I know for me personally, I've never been as much of a Star Trek person as I have been a Star Wars person. But I will say one of the things I've always appreciated about the John about that property is the way they've expanded it beyond even them continuing with the movies from the original series, but also the way they've done different spinoffs and different types of uh, stories from that universe. That's one of the things I've always appreciated about it. it
1: isn't it amazing? I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at, uh, you look at, just yeah. you're right. I mean, you look at Star Trek Next Generation. I mm-hmm. mean, I know, I, know, I mean, uh, you know, you look at Voyager. Uh, my favorite uh, star trek uh is deep space nine mm-hmm. i mean that's I, I my favorite one of the of the, of the big three uh, i think enterprise would have worked i think enterprise would have worked a lot better except that they they forgot one key element into the into that and that it was uh humor that's what killed enterprise it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't the it wasn't the story it wasn't the acting it was it was just the lack of humor. Yeah. I mean, you watch Scott Bakula, and I mean, he's you know, he's on he's on you know, Def Def Con Five every episode, right? And and it's just you know, and you watching that, and it's like, wow, you know, there's no a piece of the action, there's no trouble with trivels, mm-hmm. there's no cue, there's no you know, there's none of that, you know, there's there's absolutely no, there's all dark all the time, and I think that just ends up really just really hurting that series, but it still advanced it forward. Um, the, the, the fan base, uh, the, the Star Trek, you know, Roddenberry and, and, and Paramount, they, they respected the fan base. The, the Star Trek books were, you know, I've read plenty of Star Trek books and Star Wars books. I mean, the Star Trek books were, you know, really good. Now, Star Wars, you look at Star Wars, you go, okay, um, the first three movies came out, uh, instantly, people started writing their own books. Uh, you know, they wrote their own books. I read the Han Solo trilogy. And I, I went and collected that when I was a kid. Yeah, great, great series. And they advanced the story. I mean, the story was like amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Disney comes up there after the after the first six movies, and they come up there and say, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna redo Star. We're gonna do uh, Star Wars. All right." Oh my gosh! We you know, it's going to be amazing because we're going to see, you know, uh, you know, Leia and Han have have two have twins, and you know, Luke is a, a Jedi Master with Academy, and there's you know there's there's some great villains out there, Admiral Thrawn's out there,
3: yeah.
4: And then
1: start, Then Disney goes, oh that none of that counts. Mm-hmm. When they said that, that that that, that ended up for me before I even got going. Even before the first scene was shot, it, it ended it for me mm-hmm. because I just thought it was such a portrayal of of the, of the. It was because of those, those fans that that's the reason why Star you know Star Trek and Star Wars is still around mm-hmm. It's because of the fans. It's not because of the studio heads. They had nothing to do with it. It's just, it's the fan base that kept them alive. Yeah. So. To go ahead and just completely wipe out all those people's works as telling them, oh, they're non-canon; they're, they're mm-hmm. not the official. You know, it's just a complete insult. Insult.
0: Well, that's, um, that's certainly fair. I mean, I never got invested in the books, so it's like I, I basically came from it from a perspective of just really enjoying the movies. So, I, I mean, only I never followed
1: one series. Yeah, I followed one called a uh, Rogue Squadron, which was uh, mm-hmm. which. It, was followed, it followed the, uh, the career of Wedge Antilles. Now that was a fun series. Mm-hmm. That was that was a fun series. That was only the real one I read. I mean, I've read a couple other ones throughout the years. So it wasn't like I had. It wasn't like I have like you know a hundred books. I don't. I never did. But well, I respected the time and the effort of the yeah. people who did write them. Yeah. And I respected the time and the money spent by the people who read them. Mm-hmm. All those people spent all spent you know millions of dollars, basically writing you know writing and promoting and you know you know going to conventions and and everything else to keep Star Wars alive, and then then the, here comes Disney and their infinite non wisdom going like oh all the, all what you've done there it no longer counts, mm-hmm. and then they then they, 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 they okay so it's like that's strike one, strike two. You go ahead and you remake the first three. That's really all it is. It's all. It's not. It's not. It's not a continuation. It's a complete reboot. All we're gonna do, we're gonna change the sex of of Luke. We're gonna turn it into a girl. We're gonna make Obi Wan. So Obi Wan being an old man, we're gonna make it into Luke himself. And Darth Vader will be uh, uh will be Rey. <laughs> <laughs> Or a, a a Rilo, you know Rilo. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, it's just like, wow, how 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 completely you know they ain't doing the old they ain't doing the old Death Star. It's
3: mm-hmm. like,
1: wow, it, <laughs> there's not an original thought and or, or anything in this in this at all. And, yeah. and and then uh, now I I understand Rian Johnson wanted to do something different. I, I get that. But wow, his decision on the uh, Last Jedi, mm-hmm. his decision—I mean, I mean, if he wanted, he wanted to break break the the, uh, the Star Wars uh, franchise. He did his—he did his damnedest. He did his best, uh, making uh, turning Luke into complete wuss. Uh, it's just like wow. I mean, obviously. It's almost. It's almost. You can almost tell the man has never, never read the books. He's. uh, You wonder if he watched the movies. You you wonder. You seriously wonder because you like. You look at him and go like. So you have seen the first three Star Wars movies, right? Well, yeah. Okay, so you understand that Luke is not a type of guy that would be hiding out on a on a planet by himself like Yoda was, right? Mm -hmm. Because we already done that, you know, Yoda, you know. but you know that's not his personality, right? I mean, have you read any of the books? I mean, if you read any of his books, you read like three or four of them. You could understand that a writer who who, who I mean, people know who, who Luke Skywalker is. You could have talked to them about it. You know, you could have talked to Mark Hamill about that instead of sitting there saying, "Well, we're going to just have you. you we're going to have you. You're going to be like thousands of light years away, and I, we're going to we're going to kill you off." Without without you facing the enemy, we're gonna we gonna put a holler. I mean, it, it's just it's a, it's just really upsetting. It's upsetting because you watch the first you watch the first three Star Wars movies, you see who who you see the progression of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, from a from a shy young boy to a confident warrior, and then you're gonna turn around and stick him on a on a rock in the middle of a plant uh, of of some. You know, and it's just like that's not who like, Luke Skywalker was. Even a even a even someone who's watched the movies one time could have told you that. You know, they could have come up there and said, "Look, I've only seen New Hope and and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I just saw them last week, mm-hmm. but this year, what you did with him is some bullshit." <laughs> uh, and uh, and that you know, it just it, it just it, they, it just alienated it. I mean, and what's really funny about it is, like, sure, you look at the box office. And yes, you know, thanks to China and whatnot, the box office was tremendously huge, and and all that other stuff. But there's one thing, like now, what's the one thing you don't? What's the one thing is missing from the new Star Wars from the old one? You don't hear anybody talk about them. Mm-hmm. You really don't. No, no. I, I mean, I'm looking around. I'm like, how many people are talking about Force Awakens or the Last Jedi? I don't see anybody talking about them. I don't. I just don't. I mean, oh, maybe because people a shorter attention spans, maybe because there's just so much more out there or whatnot. But I don't hear anybody talking about them. Like, you know, like wow, that remember that one part of this or that part of that or how they did. I don't hear anybody talk about that. Like mm-hmm. the first, like the first six movies. And it's just. It, it, I think that's really what it is. I, I don't think there's. I don't think there's love for the movies anymore. I don't think there's that deep love that you got for a franchise, like, uh, like Mar- like Marvel. I think I don't know. Marvel has some. I think it has. I think it has more. I think Marvel has more of it. Star Trek definitely does.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, people. You can't. I mean, you talk Star Trek and. And you're gonna get instant fandom, and they're gonna be yeah. talking about their favorite episodes and their favorite characters, and they could talk all day on it
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't get that at all with star trek fans i mean star wars fans yeah at all um i don't i don't you know i'm older i I saw the first Star Wars movies when they came out i i, I don't i don't I don't find anybody my age i i don't I never hear them talk about them mm hmm I don't. I don't think. I don't really. I don't even know if they even really even saw. That's that's the thing. I'm not sure people my age even saw the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> it, it would be interesting to find out, but I I just don't see people my age that are. I just think people came and they came. They they stood there with their arms folded, saying, "Okay, let's see what you got."
4: Yeah. and As soon
1: as they did, they walked out of the theater. And they didn't look back twice, you know. There, mm-hmm. there was there's none of those people that go out there and that they go see the movie thirty times. They could tell you every line of the movie. Right. I, I have not yet to see anybody like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I want to touch basis with something that that I lost when I start, when I got on my tangent about uh, uh, short films. Okay, we were talking about we were talking about uh, critics. You know, the, as well, this could tie into that too, uh, about the criticism how the a lot of the YouTube you know, the Instagram people or whatnot, they're more into tearing down the work than they are, you know, building it back up. Yeah. Um I do find that appalling. <laughs> um I I do find it um like I'm right before you called back, uh I got an email from uh from from my friend over at Wild Eye Releasing. Mm hmm. Now, now that's I don't know if you get any movies from them. Do you get movies from Wild Eye? No. Okay. I love Wild Eye. I I I I think that they are I first ran across them in my video store and um I I the first one the first movie I ever bought of theirs was a movie called a uh, uh, uh Bigfoot versus zombie. Now, Brian, I'm telling you, if you see the covers of most of the Wild Eye movies, <laughs> those covers are amazing. I mean, they are just you just like, holy shit, I'm getting that, <laughs> you know, that type of thing, right? Because look at the cover, that cover is tight. Yeah. Okay, you you grab the movie and you go home, and you're and I, you know, like an hour and a half later, you're going over there. I, I got where's the receipt? Where's the Where's the receipt? <laughs> okay, so uh, me and Dan from uh, Reject Films, we got into Wild Eye. He got, he actually got into it, and then uh, through him, I went and had, I asked for a box of goodies, and then him and I we we actually I actually I review more Wild Eye than he does, and he's supposed to be the horror game. <laughs> so I get my box of Wild Eye, and um, you know there's a that, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them are. You know, they got a. Reput- they have a reputation as of being just. If you got a movie and it's over seventy five minutes long, you know you can you can send it to them. They might distribute it. You know, it's you know, independent horror. If you do an independent horror film you, or a sci fi movie, you have a really good chance.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But Brian, I have reviewed a lot of great films from uh, Wild Eye. Mm-hmm. I have found I have found some real joy. And 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 what they send me, and like they 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 say you know because uh, I said you know I've I reviewed a lot of movies of yours that have been really good, I guess you know because uh, you know we we talk about it, like um, some of my reviews, um, you know like the you know like the director like you know they, they said the director the uh, the reviews. And there's been a couple directors that've gotten my reviews, and their feelings have been hurt. Yeah. And I, am you know, and you know, not that they've written me about it, but they've expressed it to Wild Eye, you know, and, and I say I'm sorry. I mean, I'm only being honest. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I, I, can only tell you what I, what I see. And and we talk about it, and you know, and I, and I do, and I do say, I do appreciate the, you know, the work that goes behind it. I, I do. You know, if they're if they're working hard and they're doing their very best, mm-hmm. I, I could always I'll always respect that. Now uh so I I I've I told the guys for a while, I have gotten some really great movies from you guys. You know, to me, honestly, wild eye movies are critic proof. Like Hallmark movies. Yeah. You can sit there you can sit there and say, Oh my god, Hallmark movies are a pile of poo. <laughs> well, you know what? Nobody cares. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nobody cares what yeah. you're saying. Because people are watching that or people are watching it.
2: Mm. What
1: Chris, Chris, Christmas in Hawaii? Oh, I'm so there. <laughs> you know, it's like they, they don't care. Yeah. They they'll watch it. Wild Eye movies are like that too. You, mm. you know what you're getting when you watch Wild Eye. You you, you get it, it's hit and miss. Some movies are gonna be really bad, like Shark Exorcist. Horrible movie. Terrible. <laughs> Can I Virus of the Dead? Horrible movie. Good idea, but way too packed. Just yeah. way too, just, you know, just, oh, Lord. But Shark Exorcist, bad, bad, bad movie. But you <laughs> know that. You know that going in. Yeah. Okay? So you can't just sit there and slag it just for the, for just to say it there and sit there and say, that movie sucked, the director didn't know what the fuck he was doing, Uh, you know, it's a waste of, of money, I don't even really think they have money to waste, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. You can't do that. Uh, because they're bulletproof. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's no reason to sit there and say it in the first place.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it's what a lot of critics are so-called critics are doing that they're, they're really laying waste to a lot of good artists. They're sitting there and they criticize them and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Now I had the same discussion and I'll mention this cause I mentioned it on, on Dr. D's podcast, but this is the one that stays with me. Um, I reviewed a IFC movie, uh, IFC Midnight movie called The Devil's Doorway. Uh, I love that movie. That movie is tight. That mm-hmm. movie will give you the heebie-jeebies, uh, and not. Uh, it's sort of funny. It's it, the part that will scare you. It's not the the part that's supposed to scare you. The part that's supposed to scare you is good, but it's like the first twenty twenty five minutes of that movie. Yeah, when you're getting when you're getting a history lesson. That's the part that scares the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there going, "Like holy cow!" Uh, so, but what happened was, was uh, the director, Asla, Clark. She was going to different places and they're showing her movie, and she started writing about how, how you know, like a lot of people were say, were being, you know, they're they're basically saying shit about the movie. I and mean, she was getting her, she was getting upset about it, and 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 like you know, she said she went to a, to a, a, a screening. At the end of the screening there's like, you know, seventy, 80, 90 people and they're all sitting there, they're all talking to her and there's one guy going like, I don't get it. What were you trying to do? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't I don't I don't get this movie. but she, she obsessed on that. And I, I just looked to her, I said I said, Why are you obsessing about the one who didn't like it? Mm-hmm. At the same time you're ignoring the thirty that do. Screw the one. <laughs> Embrace the thirty. Yeah. You know that's that that and, and so I think filmmakers, filmmakers themselves, they have to they have to, they have to do a, do a you know they have to look for the positives.
3: Mm-hmm. Don't
1: don't thrive on the negative because people out there, they're going to say it because they're saying it not because they really feel it. They're saying it for its hits, yeah, for views, for for your, for your reaction. If they can get you to react, then they, you gave them what they wanted. Mm-hmm. To me, you don't do that. You, you you focus on the people who loved your movie, who who appreciated it, who who you know, the people who bought it, the people who wanted your autograph on it. I wouldn't give the guy who, who says there well, go, I don't get it. I can't help you. Uh, mm-hmm. if you didn't get it, the only thing I can tell you to do is buy a copy, go home, watch it again. <laughs> That's the only thing I could tell you.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you you know what i got what i got 90 people here who did get it i can't go over there and hold your hand and explain to you why you didn't mm-hmm. because it, it happens some people get it some people don't but don't assess over the one who doesn't i i, I that's the other part about the the, the i guess like i said I mean i don't know what a professional critic is
2: yeah i
1: mean, I, mean, <laughs> I don't get it when you know when i don't personally i don't I don't listen to what anybody says except for a small handful of people, people whose voices I do respect. Uh, yours, uh, Tox, you know Dan, my friend Catfish. I mean, when, you know Chris Alexander from uh, Fangoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, voices like that. When they tell me that something's good, I'm going to believe that. If they say, "Nah, eh, maybe not so much," I'm going to go with that because I respect their voices. But I'm still going to have my own opinion. Right. I'm still going to yeah. watch it based on, you know, um, so that, I mean, but I don't like, like this movie got, this movie got a certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah, well, that was Ghost Story and we both know how that ended up.
0: <laughs> well, and the thing so, is, it's uh, like the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing. It's like, all it means is the majority of a certain percentage of film of people who reviewed it, liked it. That's all it means. It's
1: like, yeah, and I, I, you know, though, but how? You know, it's too arbitrary. Like, if yeah. I went over to RottenTomatoes.com dot com and I slid up and I sit there and say, "I got a review for a movie. Will you print it?" They're not going to print what I what I write. Yeah, they're not going
2: to
1: take. They're not going to. They're not going to listen to my opinion. They're, they're they're paying people to pay to write for them. So those people get paid.
2: Well, you have,
0: well, you have to apply to become cer certified. Fresh or not, to be certified to get your blog and get your reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and I mean, I applied last year and I didn't get it last year. It's like, eh, I might try again, like twenty twenty one or something like that. See, it's like to me, to me it's it like
1: but you didn't get, but I bet you get it next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see.
1: I, I, we'll see. I bet you get it next year because you are so much more. You're actually more established. You're, you're more mm-hmm. of a uh, of a uh, uh, um, you're more of a mainstream. You're more of a mainstream critic. Yeah. I mean, now now your voice is actually you know larger because you're in print. You you, you know your your credentials are stronger. The thing is that, that's all that's all great, but the writing that you do it hasn't changed. Yeah. You're the same writer you were when you first started as you are now. But but because now you have all all these you know credentials and everything else, now sudden so now now it's like oh oh he's a he's a respected critic. well, he was respected critic when he first started <laughs> he he was writing the same shit when he first started. yeah well, it doesn't changed about that. It's just now all of a sudden someone gave him a lanyard and someone put him on a on a, on a critics list. It doesn't make you a better writer it doesn't make you know even writing even writing solid solid takes for years.
0: Well, I mean, my 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 overall evolution, I I would consider myself a better writer now than I was when I started, but that's because of the fact that it's like I my voice has my voice has developed and grown into something where it's like I'm I'm writing differently now. I in a way I am writing differently now than I did back then, but it's still from a place of it's more it's also Still from a place of authenticity and uh, appreciation of the film, of the medium in general.
1: I I love I mean, I, I love. Uh, uh, to me, it's like I've read you know I've read some of these reviewers that will like one of the things that used to kill me when I was in music. It just made me laugh. It really did. Was I don't know if you ever read Rolling Stone magazine? Yeah. Okay, Rolling Stone magazine is a hoot. It really is. Uh they can take out they could take a, could take a, a brand new artist or, or or review of a new album and their writer could spend a thousand a thousand words to three thousand words talking about it. And it's the most important thing since since you know Velveeta cheese.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean it the the sheer self importance of it. You know, uh this artist, you know, and this is their first record this and, and they write it like it's the, it's, it's like it's the old oh my it's like oh they they just they just they discovered a new way to to make the wheel, and it's like the writing was just so over the top, so yeah, just and it's like wow, now, I could understand that if a person got like that came out with a fifth album or a sixth album, but you're writing on a song with one album with a couple of singles on it
3: mm-hmm.
1: you're not even sure it's just gonna a stick. And you're not even sure if they'll even get a second album. But the way you're writing about it, you're making it so it's so self grandizing It's just a parody. It's a it's a yeah. parody of it. Like I read some critics who'll sit there and they'll they'll try to get into the, the the filmmaker's head or the screenwriter's head about what they're saying. You know, like what are they trying to say? What's house? What's Hitchcock trying to say? You know, is he trying to say that the house is going to move to the left instead of the right? Yeah. I mean, you, honestly. That's that's what kills me. That's what loses me about so-called professional criticism. It's like, listen, you either like the movie or you don't. Why do you like it? Yeah. Well, I like the – you know, to try to sit there and dissect or deconstruct the movie, it's like if you're going to take the time to do that, to try to just deconstruct somebody's work, do it yourself. Go out there and make your own movie.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, that's how I feel. That's how. That's how I. I mean, the people sit there and they'll try to try to take apart a director. And, and, how many movies have you directed? None. How could you do it? I can't sit there and tell you. I can't tell you how a director can do it right or or whatnot. I mean, I might be able. To, I might be. Able, I mean, to me, I know what. Are, to me, what I expect from a director to do is to direct. Yeah. That means to go up there and to to not only not only make make the movie move along. But I also feel a director has a responsibility to make his actors work, too. That's, that's his job. His job is to go up there and get as best performance as he can from his actors. Mm-hmm. Not to sit there and give them the script and hope they read, memorize it. You know, it's like a, t- a good director will walk, will work with his, you know. Because I watch plenty of actors. So I, I like it because he, he's hands-off. Or I like it because he, he's not afraid to work with you. And he's very generous and all that. It's like, okay, that's great. That that's great. That's what a director is supposed to do. I expect that. Uh, I as me as a critic, I can I can respect that. Mm-hmm. That look, you know, we got a good look. Any anybody who gets a great performance out of Lindsay Lohan, is a great director, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Because because think about it. I mean, she's operating with a certain amount of talent, and it takes a good director to draw it out of her. Mm-hmm. You know, or or any other actor or actress. I just do that out there. I don't know what made me say Lindsay Lohan, but. Uh, <laughs> Maybe because they did the Parent Trap reunion. Maybe um, on, 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 they did uh, this No, week. well, they no, I the know par- they
0: did. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, as far as the reason that you pop that her name popped into your head, yeah,
1: yeah, I was. I was just like, I, I was watching that on Zoom. I was watching it on Zoom with uh and, and seeing Lisa and Walter and uh, Elaine Hendricks on there. I was just like, let I mean, those two, I, those two have been burned. They they've kept that. They kept that movie alive. I mean, they, you know, it's, it's a hoot, you know, yeah. I saw the original one, Haley Mills. It's, it's very sweet movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but, uh, but that's, that's, that's how I feel. I don't, I don't think, I don't think film is a, it's not rocket science. It's, it's, it's a simple, I like it. I'm excited about it. I'm not excited about it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, there's you know I mean there's some things that make you mad, there's some things that don't. I don't like torture porn. Uh, you know uh that makes me mad. Yeah.
2: That
1: that, that, that makes me mad. Uh it, it, and and that that just that gets me going like you know, like I like good horror. I like being scared. Mm-hmm. I mean you know good slash you know, good a good a good slasher movie, you know, when it's done correctly it's it's fun. You know, it's you know, it's, it is what it is, but I don't like that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, do, do you have barriers? I mean, what movies? What movies cause you to stand up there and say, "Oh hell no, I'm not touching that"?
0: Um, I will. I mean, I can't say that there's a particular genre where it's like I will. You know, if it's something I'm somewhat interested in, I'll at least give it a shot. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really think of any genre. I'm just, I mean, you know, torture porn, it's like I can, I can, like, take it or leave it for, because, I mean, I, I, I did like the Saw movies. Um, I, you know, I, I thought those were, I, I thought those were interesting, at least a few of them were. But at the I same time.
1: I thought the first three were really, were really well done. I thought, I, I, I went for the first three. Yeah. Uh, and then, after that, then that i I never saw any more after that i you know I was lost. part of that was you know the main reason why I quit watching the fall movies after the third one well, uh well, they killed Dina Meyer, and that that was it for me like <laughs> but you killed Dina Meyer that's it I'm yeah. done um, uh, but I thought the first three were very clever, yeah, I thought they were very clever and well done and had a story to tell. They weren't there for the, you know, by that time, you know, I think, I do think around the fourth movie is when they started to become people who watch it just for the traps. Yeah. But the first three exactly. movies themselves, um, you know, they had a lot to say, and yeah. they were clever, and they were smart. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody saw the first two, the first two movies, no one saw that coming. Yeah. No no one did. I mean, even even hardcore fans you're sitting there going, like, I- I've seen everything. Yeah. They were all like,
4: "What the hell?"
1: I mean, I mean, the whole theater of the first movie, the whole theater going like, "What?" You know, when 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 John stood up there, and it was just like, "What?" They yeah. never saw it coming. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. If, oh, I never thought, I never saw thought the first at least for the first three, I never saw them as torture porn. Yeah. I. I
0: I mean that was, I, the, I don't that was the that was the first time I really started to see the word thrown around. I mean beyond that like I wasn't a fan of I'm I'm very hit or miss on Eli Roth. I'm not really I haven't really been interested in much of what he's done.
1: Yeah, you know, Hostel would it be Hostel would probably be like maybe the Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not sure if you know this, um uh, but Back in the 80s, um, or even the late 70s, 80s, was the king of the slashers, right? You know, they had the Halloween, yeah. they had the Friday the 13th. Well, back then, you know, back then it was like the more, you know, the more gory you got, the better. Yeah. Well, the movies were just getting really out of hand. Mm-hmm. So, I believe it was actually Congress that came into play, sit there and said, listen, you need to start policing yourself about this shit, because uh, because this is getting a little bit loopy. Mm-hmm. So Hollywood, you know, they, 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 you know, basically they came up with some new rules, and that was, uh, you know, the studios, and that was they, you couldn't, you couldn't, you had to show your kill within a certain amount of time, like 15 yes. seconds or 20 seconds. Now, before it would be, like, longer, like, you know, it would be, and they, and you can't show suffering. You know, like, okay, you shot an arrow through the guy's uh, chest, Okay, so you see you see the arrow go in his chest, you see him go, uh, and then you cut away. Whereas before, mm-hmm. he gets shot in the chest and you see him just suffering because he's dying really painfully. And so what they did was they got rid of that. Yeah. And so it, the kills became a lot more quicker. And like I said, you couldn't show the people suffering. So they got rid of that. But of course, that's the studios and, you know, and... And the independent people, they they didn't they don't necessarily have to follow those same rules, right. you know, because that's where they have the unrated or whatnot. But I mean, that was that was reason why that a lot of the horror movies, the straight you know, the big studio horror films, that's why they're a lot more palatable, I guess you could say. I mean, they're right. not quite as you know, they're not quite as shocking as they used to be. You know, you look at Halloween, you know, I mean. Pe- I, I think for me, the first movie that just came up and up as far as torture porn goes, like, 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 came to, was, um, actually, there's two movies. And one, I, I think I, I, think I ended up getting blocks from them from Instagram, uh, from a distributor because I, I laid into it. Uh, there's a movie called Chaos. And in fact, I had this discussion with Sean Kane way back in the day, um, because he used, he used an actor in Jurassic City uh that i knew from this movie called chaos and i absolutely just he forced the shit out of me mm. and he says he, he says he's really a nice guy he says i know him personally and he's a nice guy and i'm going like a nice guy he may be but what the fuck would he be thinking about doing a movie like that i mean you got to have your limitations it's just a movie really? It may look like a movie when you're making it because you're standing around and then, you know, you're standing around and you're cold, and you're waiting for coffee, you're waiting for them to set up a shot or whatnot. So it's not really, you're not really seeing the movie as you're seeing it. You're just making it, you know? Right. It's all, but when you go see what you've made on big screen and you can't even sit there and tell me that you can sit there and sit there and go like, oh yeah, that's just a movie. That's uh, just, it's just what I did. Did something seriously wrong with you? And and you know you got to sit there and say like that's not the movie I signed to make. Hell yeah, no! I, I, no, I don't want. It. I want, I don't. I, you know, no. Well, anyway, he, he there's a movie called Chaos and it's just Brian. It's it's just garbage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the worst. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And and I'm I've been watching movies for you know for, for over forty years. Yeah, definitely make it my, my top my top twenty worst. And uh, so it was weird. It's like I'm sitting on Instagram and all of a sudden. I see this distributing company is, is hyping it up. It's hyping the same movie. I'm going, like, what the? How did he know that thing was still around? I thought it was out of print. I'm like, who the fuck wants to see that? Yeah. No, you really, you know, it's like nobody wants to see that. And why are you distributing it? Why are you contributing? I mean, you, you, have, you have a responsibility. You, you really do. You have a responsibility. Well, yeah, well, well everybody's free to see what they want that's true that's true to to a point to a to a point that's that's why we have limitations yeah, you know
0: am yeah uh, i'm 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 actually looking at the imdb page for now and it's like yeah i i can already tell you that's completely not something i would ever be interested in and part of that nope. is because of the fact that my the worst movie i the, the worst movie I've ever seen is the original "I Spit on Your Grave." Like I was,
1: was oh, hell I can't yeah. that movie. Oh, I can't stand that either. And, oh my god! The yeah. first time I saw, I saw that movie, one time, it it freaked the shit out of me.
2: Yeah,
1: I was I was I was twenty one year old fanboy. You know all the all the Friday the Thirteenth, all the mm-hmm. all the Michael Myers, all that. Oh yeah. hell, yeah, right. I saw that movie once, and I was like, oh, that was, that was when I had my limitations. That's when yeah. I said, there's, there's, there's only a certain point I will go to, and, th- and that's it. Yeah. I, I, and yeah. <laughs> now, what's really weird, what's really weird is uh, they made a, a, a direct sequel to it, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I said like
1: they gave Deja Vu, and they used the same director, and they used the same actress. Yeah. Which is a real goddamn shame because Camille Keaton is a fine actress. And yet that's all she's known for. It mm-hmm. sucks. Well, they added a new one and they added a, uh, a very good actress named Jamie Bernadette. And they put her in the movie. You know, they cast her in the movie.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, now, um, I did an interview with Jamie. And, um, and it was actually one of my bigger interviews I've done recently.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know, I, ha- I asked her because she did. She did two movies back to back. One movie is "I Stood on Your Great Deja Vu," which is like one, you know, a sequel to one of the most vilest movies ever made. Yeah. But she also made a movie called "The Furnace," which is, I, from what I, from every, everything I've heard, it's just, it's just an outstanding movie.
4: Mm-hmm. It's
1: one I want to see. It's one I really want to see, and I've been trying to find it. And um, I really want to see it because it, I, I, it's one of those movies that speaks to me, right? I, yeah. I, I, I really relate to it. But she did those movies back-to-back. Now, I cannot see – I can't see a more extreme going up and going down than that, uh, right? I mean, right. it's like you're doing doing torture porn on one hand, and you're doing a beautiful, just overcoming all odds tragedy over here. you just like – and um, I just, it, to me, it's like, wow, how do you do that? You know, how do you, how do you do that and, and, you know, and separate? And she, she, she said she couldn't talk about it. She couldn't talk about it, but she had a really nasty experience of that. I spent on your grave movie, and you could tell it's, it's scarred her.
2: Yeah. It's it's
1: like, it's like, I, you know, of course I'm, I'm not asking her. She, she it's, she's, on the like, no, I'm not asking right. her, but, but I can get an idea what might've happened. I can get an idea and yeah. it discuss me. I like can discuss me to the, to the core. And it's just like, this is all this director can offer us. Is this, is this shit? This is, this is it? Yeah. No,
4: it's like, you don't
1: have, is, you, don't like, have <laughs> you don't have any more creativity. You don't have any more creativity than to go back to this movie that you made 30 years ago. And, 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 and this is, this is it. Well, and the thing I,
0: is, I, it's like, I'm, I'm on IMDb right now, and I decide to look it up. And it's like, so yeah, 2019, I spit on your grave, Deja Vu. One time, two hours and 28 minutes.
1: Oh, Lord. How
0: the fuck do you make a sequel to that that is 40 minutes longer? I can't even imagine watching that. And the thing is, there was a complete, like, there was a complete reboot franchise for this too. In yes, 2010s.
1: Yes, uh, like, that one starred uh God, that actually starred another actress that I saw her do a uh I saw her do another movie. She's actually pretty good.
4: Sarah Butler? But that her.
1: Yes. Yes, she did a what called Freefall. Yes, yeah, she was really good in that. Um, yeah, she was with uh that was she was he did that one with DB Sweeney. Mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize DB Sweetie. <laughs> I didn't even recognize him at all. Oh wow! Yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, he—I uh, don't know if he was ill. He might have been ill. I, that's the thing. I, he might have been ill because he was really—he's really bloated. I don't—I'm not saying fat because I don't think he was fat, but he looked—he didn't look healthy. Yeah. But I didn't recognize him, and and uh, you know, and I was like, wait, that was DB. That was a—that uh, was Terry from Spawn. <laughs> 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 I'm Just like so, uh, but yeah, I saw that she did that. the days of the Deja, the, uh, the I spit on your grave thing, and I was just like, Why, why would anybody make the movie like?" And you know what? I, I mean, I understand you have to make a living. I do. I get it. Yeah. I really do. But good lord, what possessed you to do something like that?
0: Well, the thing I, is, I it's it's so weird because of the fact that it's like, on the one hand. I can, on the one hand, if just taking out, if you go by the basic logline of that premise, I can see a filmmaker making that work. The problem is in the execution, which is completely repellent. Because, I mean, look at Last House on the left. Like, that that is an excellent example of how to do that type of just really painful, difficult material and to do it effectively. That doesn't gross you out. Right. And I mean, grand, I mean, last house on the left is a remake of a Bergman film, but it's, it's, or it's based on the same folk tale, but um, that Virgin spring is, but it's like, it's, it all depends on, the approach, and let's face it, the filmmaker behind the I spell on your on the filmmaker behind I on your grave is not even in the same league as Wes Craven as a filmmaker. No, not in no, the he, same.
1: He, he's insane. He's insane, and from yeah. what everything I've heard of him, he's just he's a, he's got as immoral as you can get. Yeah, I mean. On the other he, hand, on, on the other hand, now, now, this is something that was really strange. Okay, so we got we got that guy. Okay, that guy who made uh, I spit on your grave not yeah. once but twice. Then you got I got to actually go go back to Wild Eye. I got a movie called Bone Hill Road. Okay, I got Bone Hill. So so I'm, I'm I, I I get that movie and uh, I'm a huge special features guy. I'm sure you are too, right? I mean, if a movie has special features, yeah. it's it's I am too, right? Mm-hmm. So. Most of the time most of the thing that hey, you're supposed to do, you're supposed to watch the movie first, then watch the special features. Yeah. Well I didn't. I, I, I watched the special features first. So I watched it and it's the making of Bone Hill Road. It's it's a forty minute long featurette, right? It's right. pretty good. And the director of the movie's is uh, Todd Sheets. Yeah. And uh, Brian, I'm telling you if I, 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 I super nice guy. Uh, you just want to meet Todd Sheets. You want to meet him a person. You want to have a beer with him. You want to have a burrito with him. You know, you know, ball game. You know, yeah. you know. He's just a super sweet fella, and his whole crew's around him. They, they, if he told them to jump off the cliff, they, they say, how high? I mean, they, they really, you know, it was. It's just amazing. He's a super sweet guy and a good filmmaker, and and and, and you know, as far as uh, uh, getting his crew pumped up and uses his resources. Oh good lord! His finished product. <laughs> oh lord! Uh, how do you? How do? Uh, it, it's perplexing to me. It's like, how do you? How are you such a sweet person behind the camera, and yet you put such violence, just completely inane violence, on the screen for no reason. Right. I. I it's just I don't get it. I don't. I. Some of these filmmakers I just don't understand. Yeah. Um. It's. I understand you're make, you you feel like you're making art, but what 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 makes death so? What attracts people to make that kind of violent art? I I just it's just the world is already ugly as it is. Right. You really don't need to add, add to any more of it.
0: Well, I mean, if you, um, I'm I'm looking at his filmography right now. And I mean that uh, that's the type of movie he's been doing since the '80s. Yeah, and, yeah, he's
1: been.
0: He, I will say, like one one title in particular has me intrigued. I don't think I will ever go look for it, but it's it's nonetheless intriguing because of how singular it is. Sorority Games uh, and the Danceathon of Death. Oh,
1: Lord. He made
0: it in nineteen
1: ninety one. Now, now the you know, funny thing about about his movies, like I I actually went and read some reviews about Bold Hill Road. Yeah. And you know what? You know what, You know what they were, You know what, A lot of people they've they've seen his movies, so they're they're fans. They've watched it, and, and the criticism that was most I got from it was that he, he had not advanced as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He was using the same tricks that he was doing from before he first started. He hadn't learned anything new. Yeah, that was the biggest complaint that I got from all these critics. They're going like, "If he's seen one montage, he's filmed. He's seen them all. That's not that's that's worse to me." Yeah, that's worse than someone sitting there going like, "This guy's a torture board artist." Don't watch this movie. Look, that's that's one thing. But when someone's sitting there going like, "Yeah, he hasn't done anything new." Wow, yeah. that's that's bad. Yeah, that's a, you're putting a creative. You're, you're just you're basically putting a, a knife through that guy's creativity because he mm. hasn't grown as an artist. He hasn't grown as a director. Yikes. Yeah, that's that's not good. You don't want that.
0: No, um, no, not at all.
1: And, uh, now I'm I'm a completist and, and we've already talked about the ISC movies now I have to be honest with you the, the three movies I will never get from ISC I will not be getting the Human Centipede thank you very much
2: <laughs> I,
0: I will admit like a friend of mine and I watched that one night and it's not it's not bad but at the same time I would never rewatch it and I I would certainly never watch any of the sequels. Um I heard
1: they try to make the third one a little bit more palatable by um uh, I,
0: I can't even imagine how that's humanly possible. But Well
1: they they put they put Eric Roberts in it.
0: Well, okay, but still I mean
1: <laughs> Yeah. Now, now, now okay, so Speaking of Eric Robert, so as a critic now now we we each have our own favorite actors we 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 could talk about our favorite actors for, for the, rest right. of the, the rest of the okay but, but it's more fun to talk about the ones that you just can't like like when you see their name on the box he just like starts screaming and, and running away uh um, so do you have like a few do you have a few like that
0: I'm trying to think if I really do um I don't know. Like, I've never really given it much thought. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I've never really given that much thought as far as... Really? If
1: I have... Like, as soon as you see their name on the box, he's just like, you're running the other way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I, I'm sure if if I was hard-pressed, I would really... I probably could... See, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I really don't know.
1: Like for me, like okay, for me it would well. I I just don't understand. I don't understand how his thought process works. I don't. It fascinates me, I guess, because I just got done reviewing a short film with him in it,
4: hmm.
1: and he was excellent. <laughs> he Just he he brought the noise. <laughs> <laughs> like it made me laugh because I'm like, oh my you know, it's like, okay. You know, I I guess it all depends on, on the material and the director.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and that was Eric Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw him in a short film that I just did called Pamela and Ivy that was written and directed by uh, Leah McKendrick. That movie is amazing. Mm-hmm. That short film is amazing. I loved it. I loved it. It's, it's so much fun and made with so much love for the character. And uh, Eric Roberts plays a key role. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, he, he actually, for the very first time, I can really remember this, he actually really looked his age. And mm-hmm. I think that was on purpose. Like he's sitting there and he has a stubble on there and he looks haggard and you know I think that was on purpose, yeah. But man, it really added a lot of weight to his character. But 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 he comes out with so many movies, and I've I've watched a few of them. Oh, you talk about flipping a coin. It's like you know, oh, just. Is it going to be any good? Is it going to be any bad? I mean, he's done so much, his—it it just it's kills me. It's like yeah. I—but I, at the same time, there's another actor who does the same kind of work, but I don't regret him an instant, and I will watch anything that he does, and that's Danny Trujillo.
3: Hmm. I mean,
1: he, he's. Two heels on the cover. I know the movie's not probably going to be all that good, but you know what? I'm not really there for that. I'm really there for him, yeah. Because you know, because he's awesome, and, and you know, and he comes in there and he, he like he gets hired for his one or two days worth of work. He goes in there, he does Danny, and then he gets out. Yeah. Uh, sub movies are are really good. sub movies are just you know he's just there for the he's just there to help sell a few units. Hmm. Uh, but as far as the actors, like like like, I don't know, like 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 when you know you see a Steven Seagal movie, you're running. Yeah, yeah. You, you just you, yeah uh, that sort of thing. Um, some, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just you, you, you wonder about the you wonder. I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard as a writer. Okay, this is the problem with that. It's hard as a writer when you sit there and you get a chance to review a movie. Like for me. Like, like I'm a Bruce Willis fan, right? Mm-hmm. You and I, we like Bruce Willis, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, 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 he, he, but since so many movies now, he comes out on Lionsgate. Like he's a, he's like shit. I think, I think he's the lion in Lionsgate. I swear okay. he does, he does everything for him. But, but he comes out and he comes out. He, he, he'll, he'll, he'll do these straight to video movies, and. It, it, you don't you don't you don't know what you're getting. You yeah. or, or you or worse, you do know. You know it's got to be a very good performance. It's like he's gonna become out there and well well it's a both. It's both a combination of a maybe he's acting to the script.
4: Right. Maybe he's
1: acting at the same level as the script's shitty. He's not really caring about it. Whereas yeah. before which really perplexes me because I don't know, I just think someone like his someone of his stature should have total script control. Like you know what? I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't do that. You know, it's not, it's not how the hell I see this character. Yeah. I, I, I watched the movie the other day, and it had Jeffrey D. Morgan in it, and, and his character would not do, be doing anything. Like it showed on his, uh, his character who he was, and they showed him doing things on, on the on uh, as, a, as a character that you just wouldn't. You just didn't believe. You didn't believe a character would would do that. Yeah. He would just. It gave a real sense of like. It just makes to me it's, it would, when you see that it makes a review, writing a review or a criticism. It makes it all that much harder because
3: because
1: mm-hmm. basically you're trying to get into the head, and then are you are you second guessing a, a director or are you second guessing? No, you're not really doing that. You just you just you just looking at it as a human being like. Okay, you've established him as this person, but then you're asking us to believe him do, doing something that that you've already established that he wouldn't be doing. Yeah, it just makes it that much harder to write about. Like Luke Skywalker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, like, did you see? Did you see Luke Skywalker at the end of the end of, uh, end of uh, the Last Jedi? Is that how you saw him going out?
0: No, see, you and I are completely on opposite ends with regards to the Last Jedi. And believe me, you're not the only person I know who feels this way. My my roommate who is uh, coughing loudly because of the fact that I'm mentioning it. Uh, he he's definitely more in ear camp than he, than he is mine. Um, I I see. I personally I I personally love that movie, and I actually even love what Luke Skywalker does in that movie because of the fact that I I. I, I think it's so much more it ended up being so much more interesting for me just to see that see the way that character was represented um compared to what I expected now yeah of course I kind of expected like a lot of people oh he's gonna train raids it's gonna be great there's gonna be great lightsaber battles and stuff like that and then when that's not what it got I'm like this is actually interesting because of the fact that it's it's not what I expected. I mean, it was sort of the very opposite. I mean, you're you're right. Like, Force Awakens is basically a remake of New Oak. That's essentially what it is. Oh, oh
1: All three of them are all remakes. Um, they're they're all three. They're all remakes. But, they're all re- they're, they're, yeah. There's no continuity. That's, that's the problem with it. It's like yeah. they didn't they didn't move the story forward at all. And, and the thing is, they have such a wealth of source material. To go go off of, there's so much out there. So the, mm-hmm. the the legacy is so rich that they could have went any six weeks of Sunday to, to, to pick a storyline, and, and they decided just to remake the first three movies. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I I tell you, I can tell you right now who the happiest man of the world, happiest man of the world was when that happened. You know who the happiest person was in the world when they those those three new Star Wars movies came out?
0: Probably George, George. Lucas.
1: George Lucas, because <laughs> he's sitting there going like, Oh, thank God. Thank God. Now I'm off the hook because now people <laughs> will keep, quit give me shit about revenge of the Sith. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh I mean though jeez, thank God for that. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh I'll still criticize the prequels if he wants to. I, I'll I'll do that. I have no problem doing that. But I
1: personally no, I, feel I I, per- <laughs> I I personally feel other than other than the the, 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 the the romance. I mean, yeah, some of that some of that dialogue was really painful yeah. between uh, uh, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman. Yeah. But as far as the final goes, the final fight goes. Oh my god.
0: No, I, I uh, do that, think that, I I thought the prequels got better. I I think the they my, did. I think with fan mess, it's like it was obvious it was made by a filmmaker who hadn't made a movie in twenty years, who hadn't directed a movie in twenty years. Cause, and he just didn't really have the sense of rhythm and pacing and stuff like that. But in the way to direct direct actors down, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the prequels, he, you could see him get more and more confident as the prequels went on. And I, I actually really liked revenge of the Sith. I, I think it's a really solid movie.
1: It's it's my third favorite one after, uh, return of the Jedi. And, Mm -hmm. uh, Empire Strikes Back. It's that's yeah. it's the third, my, my third favorite one. It's super strong. That, mm-hmm. The ending is just heart wrenching and heartbreaking. Yeah. And yeah. you know, Ian McGregor does not get nearly enough credit for his performance in that no. movie. No, he, he um,
0: no he. Unfortunately, I mean, it's good to see that people he is kind of now getting that moment, and being able to return to that character. I'm really looking forward to that series. But at the same time, yeah, I I would agree with that. Words like he, hit the work he was doing as Obi Wan kind of got lost in the shelf of shuffle of all the prequel yeah. hate that was those movies were getting.
1: You know, I mean, what what do you feel about? Uh, what do you feel like this? Okay, so here's another big thing because now we're talking about this. This is a part of the part of the deal too. Was I mean, the studio interference has is, is never been greater than it has been today. It mm-hmm. never has. I mean, even back in the golden days of Hollywood, I mean, you know, when Louis B. Mayer was was you know head of MGM and Jack yeah. Warner was around, I mean, even even back then, but never has has it has it been more so much more interference than today.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I think part of the problem with that in I hope that what we're going to start seeing after uh, after what's happened this year with COVID-19 and productions having to be shut down, movies having to be delayed and stuff like that, what I'm hoping ends up happening is we're going to start to see a return to the studios not just bet- betting big on tentpole blockbusters and basically going from a foundation of lower to mid tier budget movies that you know that's the only way
1: you're gonna say theaters.
0: Yeah. And uh because I mean you can't spend there's no way you can spend two hundred and fifty, three hundred million dollars every time and if something like this happens, it's like you're you're basically like you're losing money because of the fact that you're not able to put it out there. But at the same time you don't feel like you can put it out there on like VOD, like Disney Plus or Hulu or HBO Max oh God, and stuff get, like that. You won't get your without, money back at all without just completely torching all of your money. And it's like you know, one I my hope is that one of the things that the studios realize is that their complete their model of basically, you know a. Top to bottom, pir- inverted pyramid is completely unsustainable.
1: Do you, do you think the theater theater going experience? I mean, do you think the theaters are dying?
0: Um, I don't think they'll. I I don't think they'll ever completely die. I do think, and I'm not just saying that because of the fact that I'm I'm desperately waiting for. When I can go back to work at my theater, but right. um, <laughs> it's it's uh, which got pushed back more because of the fact that Tenet got pushed back more. But I don't th- I don't think the theatrical experience will ever completely die. I do think we're past the time. Uh, I do think what we're going to. I do think we're past the time of big opening weekends second weekends being the end-all be-all of the theatrical experience and I we could see a return uh, and I think we're gonna start to see a return of real platform releases on the parts of studios not just for smaller independent films but for larger films because I, that's I hope so, because... because that's how they're gonna have to sustain to even try to make a profit right now.
1: I, I really believe, I really want to believe that because I mean, I, I've not like, I, I've only gone to the theater, I haven't been to the theater at all this year. Mm. Uh, I had, well, even, even without the pandemic, yeah. Uh, the last movie I saw at the theater actually was It Part Two.
2: Oh, wow. That was
1: the last movie I saw. Now, this is coming from a person who went to the theater. Uh, when, um, you know, anytime there's a superhero movie came out, I'll be my, you know, me and catfish, we were there, you know, we're fanboys. So, but I quit, I, I, I quit going all together. I just got tired of paying the money to get the ticket and the, even the tickets, even the tickets, when they were, when they were reasonable, it's, it's going in there for the whole experience, you know, like a lot of times you want to go there for the experience at nighttime. And you know we're going to say, oh, I want to see Avengers Endgame. Let's go tonight. All right. Well, then you're paying like twelve bucks. Then you have to have a signed seating, and yeah. then you get then you get this. It's just holy shit. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go. I'm going to wait. Okay, it's going to, it's going to come out. Uh, uh, you know, let's say let's say it has a six month run, but they're going to put they're going to put the movie out on video. Uh, I'll have to wait a month after that, and then I'll get it for five bucks from my local video store. Yeah. I'm gonna, you know, gonna, and I can see it at home, and and I don't have to spend eighty bucks, or you know, if I, you know, if I take a buddy, or or you know, or forty bucks if I take myself, or whatnot, mm-hmm. if I want to get a snack or whatnot, and I just, you know, I find that I find that the, the like, my biggest pee was the, was the, all of a sudden the assigned seating. Yeah. Holy crap! I, if there's one thing I would have told them not to do, <laughs> and that was that, that was the world was the worst thing you could do. That assigned seating—it just it kills it. There's no spontaneity. I mean, there's—it's either a lot of people. I, I, there's been times where I stepped where, where me and my buddy would call and say, "Well, what do you think? Want to go see the show? Want to go see it?" And then we go like, "Well, yeah, but you know, we're seeing it now. Chances are we won't be able to get seats." Okay, well, I guess we're staying at home. Yeah. And there you go.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, I I just think the theaters have just. They have done their best to shoot themselves in the foot. I don't blame the studios as much as the, as the theaters. The theaters could negotiate a better fee. Okay? They, 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 they could. And part of that fee is, listen, if you don't want to show me the, the, the latest Disney movie, that's fine. Yeah. That's okay. I don't need to show that. I could show, I could show two Warner Brothers and a Paramount and, a, and an ISC movie. I could do that and make the money. You know, I'll get more people in the theater because I have more variety, mm-hmm. and and so it's like a lot of these theaters they get stuck on that one big movie, and then once that movie starts fading away, then they're stuck with it because they have a contract saying that you have to show you have to show my movie first and last, and it can't be you can't you can't show it against this movie, yeah, and this uh, and, and you're basically hamstrung. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's well. Well, and the thing is, it's like it's as as somebody who work, who works at a movie theater. It's like I can, it's it's such a double edged sword when it comes to you know you know. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily as simple as oh negotiating a better percentage on tickets because of the fact that then they'll then they'll just say oh okay then you won't have that you won't get that. But the problem is, it's like. If we don't, because I, I work at a theater where we're in what's known as a two-player zone with a, with another theater, so we don't necessarily get all the movies anyway. And so if we don't get any of, and Disney's been the one that's been most disproportionate to us over the past yeah. few years, where it's like they want to put out, the, the problem is the other theater has a quote-unquote IMAX and we don't. And so they will inevitably go for the theater with the IMAX. And so that means we're losing, like, you know, we might get, like, two or three movies that year from Disney. But at the same time, it's not necessarily going to be the bigger movies that Disney has. So it's it's a double-edged sword with that. But, yeah, I mean, my i think I think so much of the problem though is i now the theatrical experience i I will fully admit that that i I do think exhibitors need to really make some changes in order to make it better for the customers, but at the same time and i I hope that again this goes back to sort of what I was saying earlier, as far as the studios, the way the studios operate as far as big ten-pole movies as opposed to lower to mid-tier movies, not relying as much on the big movies and putting out more of the smaller movies and focusing more on the smaller movies. And I, mean, I, think, be, you could, I think you could have a very strong win-win in those scenarios.
1: I mean, it used to be summer season was you know, from, you know, end of May to end of, uh, end of July. Yeah. And, and, and it was always, you know, there'd be like, you know, 10, 15, 20 movies.
2: Mm-hmm. Now it's
1: gone to the point where it's now it's just four or five,
2: Yeah,
1: you know, and, and, and they take taken up so many screens, you know, that's the thing. That's a kid. That's what kills me. It's like, I, I go to my local theater and all I see is like, there's 10 screens full of Avengers. Well, why do all ten screens have to be full of Avengers? How come? How come there can't be a movie like The Wretched, or or you know uh, something like that? I mean now 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 that the now the theaters are you know now that are showing anything now the small indie oh uh, you know the the theaters that are actually staying alive that actually you know they're 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 staying alive solely on the independent movies yeah you know right now right now so I think I think the number one movie is the summer. Is the wretched? It is. I think that's been yeah. the biggest. I think it's the, yeah. the biggest summer block. The big summer hit. Yeah, and that's it's, crazy, it's, right? Well, that's absolutely is, insane. it's like
0: this. You know, we're we're seeing a renaissance of drive-ins, and it's like, oh, I and think that's other neat. theaters have had to sort of do makeshift drive-ins in order to survive. And it's it's really that. It, you know, it's it's really been fun to see that you know, come into play. And I love the fact that The Ratchet is basically the highest grossing movie of the year, the summer, because of the fact that 8, I, I thought was a terrific film, but also, you know, it's it's fun to see something other than the indie or anything other than the major studios basically having having a bit of a foothold for a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the art house theater is, is I know it. It's gone. I mean, we don't we don't have any art house theaters around here. You know, we used to have like two or three, but they're all gone.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, also, I live when I lived in San Jose. I learned <clears throat> I learned uh, to really love independent movies because I I I used to work across the street from a chain, mm-hmm. and the publicist over there used to give me tickets all the time. Yeah. And uh, uh, and so when I wasn't working at the club, I mean you know for you know, I get a free ticket and I go down there and I go watch an independent movie, and you know I I, I learned to love it. You know I was like wow this is great. No one else saw that. I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, so so you I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping that when the when things go back to normal, like there'll be room for uh, room for movies like uh, uh, hell, even you know for uh, The wretched or you know the rental or whatnot. I mean, movies like that should have a, you know, should be seen on a big screen. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: It
1: just, it just absolutely sucks that they get totally squeezed out and then next thing you know, I mean, they get shown on the four or five ISC screens they have in New York and then you, and then they go straight to video or whatnot, streaming or or video release. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just thought, I just feel it's just, like I said, I mean, I, 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 I don't write about blockbusters. So, and I, I have actually have a video chain in my town, where I get like, you know, like basically about ninety five, not ninety percent of my movies. Well, maybe about eighty five now. Dollar Tree is going crazy, uh, so I get about eighty five percent of the movies from my movies that I buy. I get from, a, I get from a video chain that's still there that I still that we still have. Yeah. And and speaking of, speaking of, of theaters. You know the video store too. You know it used to be a really good place to go get a movie, yeah. and and it and the the physical media aspect of of a movie going, that's a thing.
2: Yep,
1: that is a huge thing. Um, wow, I, I I mean, look, I'll be the first one to sit there and lump lump the YouTube critics. You know the the wannabe critics,
3: mm-hmm. but
1: there is one there is another community out there I totally support and Soulcraft is out there and that's the physical media I mean, holy shit there's, there's, there's thousands of them out there Yeah, I mean, tens of thousands What's the last time you went to a Target or a Best Buy?
0: Well, I mean, a couple of days ago but, you know, for yeah, not necessarily But have, he, but but
1: have you have you noticed that they, they just don't they, that all their physical media has been reduced
0: Oh yeah, I mean even yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean i i haven't been to best i haven't been to Best Buy since the pandemic started. But yeah, I mean Target, and Walmart, you'll occasionally find something, but Target more often than not. Yeah, I mean their 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 physical media is relatively bare and relegated to yeah. only like a handful of studios.
1: Um it, it's really it's I I you know it, 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 it's it's you know the market's out there. Yeah, I mean, I, we're being told like, well, we're gonna go streaming. No, nobody wants this stuff. <laughs> well, that's that's a hundred percent wrong.
2: Yeah,
1: and 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 like, I I don't mm-hmm. understand that. It's like, is it, I, I just see I see the same short sightedness as when they said that the vinyl record was gonna go out. They said the vinyl record was gonna go out and turn, and, and be replaced by the cassette. Yeah, and 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 and, and yet here we are, two thousand twenty. And vinyl records are very healthy, and cassettes mm. are—you don't see them anymore, anymore. <laughs> uh, obsolete. And or, or yeah, I mean, I don't—I don't see them at all. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, or you know, like it's—it's it's absolutely insane. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know why they make the same mistakes It, it, it really It is really—it kills me. Mm. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a market out there. People want to see them. Uh, uh they—they want to—they want to talk about them. They want to mm. watch them. They, you know, to me, you know that's where the independents come into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are we going to get our next? Where do we get our next uh, a wave of directors and, and and actors and and actresses and whatnot? If if we can't have physical media, yeah. if they can't put out their because the streaming services, like we already know this with Amazon, they are cutthroat.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it used to be Amazon Prime would be a place to go and show your movie. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll show you a movie. Uh we'll give you what I don't know, I'm guessing maybe you know more than I do, but what what would they get? Like like if Saul so watched the movie all the way through, they get fifty cents for it or something like that? Or they I get I think
0: it's something like that. I'm not exactly sure.
1: I think it used but, to be that. Yeah. Now it's like I think it's a lot worse. Mhm. Now 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 I think it's to the point where even if Saul so watched it for halfway through, they still get something now I think it. I think now. It's, now they're getting paid on if the movie's watched all the way through. Yeah, and it's produced. So now, now, now even the independent filmmakers they can't even go to Amazon Prime because and Amazon Prime is now. From what I understand, they're not. You know, before they would just take just about anything. Yeah. You know, it feels like now they're not even doing that anymore because they're doing their own from old, own original and Hollywood mm-hmm. is now making those movies. You know they're taking a lot less budget. They're making smaller budget movies, like you mentioned. Yeah, like uh, like the Old Guard. I just saw that a Charlize Theron movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made that for Netflix.
2: Yeah.
1: Now you know you know that movie had like a ten million dollar budget. they mm-hmm. it had that, but they're going straight to streaming. Yeah, it's like, but but people want to buy them out here,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're not going to watch it. They're not <laughs> going to watch it during streaming. You know, streaming people are streaming it only has a, a finite amount of people.
0: Right. Well and, well, and the thing is, it's like also, I why I'm such a proponent of physical media is because of the fact that it's like, it can disappear from streaming, you know, at a whim. Like, you know, it, it can disappear at whim. Like, you know, so, and heck, there are some movies, like I still have VHSs for movies that Never even made it to DVD for no. one reason or another, and so no, like, there's a lot of them out there holding on to those.
4: So. Yeah, I
1: didn't I didn't realize that either, Brian, until so long, until I saw it on on uh, so it on YouTube that there's like I thought, well, shit, all these movies are out on DVD now, and uh, but man, there are a lot of movies out there that aren't on there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that.
0: Oh, dude, uh, I mean the movie I watched last night, rad. It's a Hal Needham film, director of, like Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit from the eighties, and it's
1: like oh Hal Needham, is, yeah he used to, he, he used to do stunts on Have Gun Will Travel,
0: and and the thing is, it's like it was not available like for years, and, and Vinegar Syndrome finally they restored it, brought it out on Blu-ray this year, and is it's that like
1: it's not a bicycle movie,
0: yeah it's a BMX movie, it's it's yeah. It's it's really cheesy, but I I also enjoy it. Like it was one that I really enjoyed as a kid, so Okay. Um,
1: I, I think they remember it faintly.
0: Yeah. It's it's completely ridiculous and cheesy, but it's 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 fun as well. But yeah, I mean that one was unavailable forever and it's like it never came out on DVD. I mean, you could probably buy a pirated version, but it's like it would cost you an arm and a leg, and wouldn't even necessarily right. play. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, not everything is as available as people think it is.
1: But, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know. I, I thought it'd been. I just thought maybe it had just been out of print. Yeah. Oh, that's so
2: funny.
1: That's so funny.
0: But yeah, wow. It's, that's it's it's. it's Well, and that's that's one of the cool things about. I mean, it's not every movie that Netflix comes out. I mean, we're not going to see, you know. But yeah, I mean, some of these Netflix movies are starting to make their way into Criterion, and so they have a physical release.
1: Uh, I was going to ask you this: uh, Have you managed to get on the Criterion list?
0: No, no, Uh, I have not. Um, I I would love to, but uh, no, I know I have love that, that would be that would be that would be awesome because there's there's a uh, there's a certain uh, lizard box set on that collection that I would absolutely love to have in my collection. But <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: I've only found three Criterion movies out in the wild.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to find them. I mean, it really yeah. is hard to find them. Like. That and that was that, that's one of the that's one of the downsides of uh video stores basically being obsolete now where it's like I mean that's I heck, I I found used criterions at video stores like that's how I that's how I got Sid and Nancy, that's how I got Silence of the Lambs criterion back in the day. I, I mean they've since reissued both of them. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I mean, you can occasionally find that, but
1: I got all three of mine at the li- at the library. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's yeah. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It's like uh the worst place on the planet to go for shopping for physical media is Barnes & Noble. It's yeah. the worst. I mean, yeah. their prices are so badly inflated. It's 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 a joke. It's a it's a it's a bloody joke. Um you go inside there, and you see shit in there, and you're just like, "Wow, you know." And like, I thought about it, you know, go in there and get a criterion just for, for just to have one. I used to go, I go in there, and it's like it's like twenty five dollars, and this is this is it's half off. It's a, it's a, so it's 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 half off of twenty five. No, it's half off of fifty.
2: Yeah,
1: fifty dollars. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I uh, I think that I think that hurts. I think that hurts a lot. I mean, you know, it hurts mm-hmm. a lot for. The film buff. I mean, like, I actually, I actually wanted to know this. I actually, I actually said, like, how many, how many movies does the average person have in their collection? So I typed that up there, and I was thinking, I was reading people saying like three hundred, and three hundred and eighty, and four hundred. I'm going like, oh well, I know that's not true because Catfish has fifty five hundred movies. <laughs> i i probably got about three thousand myself yeah i uh,
0: physical media i'm i'm right around uh like eighteen hundred or so mm, so
1: i think it's great to get on their list though yeah i i i'm i'm great i i've you know i've seen i've seen other people get you know it's sort of weird it's like i was only on a few i was only on a few and uh you know it's like i said it's i really haven't chased after it too hard and I was on Mill Creek, but then they they did a whole big redamping, so they cut a lot of us loose. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wasn't I really wasn't all upset about that. Yeah, I, I was like, you know, okay, uh, you know, I got some good stuff from them, but I really wasn't it wasn't I really wasn't crying over it. You know, it wasn't like no, don't do that. It was just like okay. I, I felt like I actually felt like a, a, a weight came off my shoulders because now I'm free to go back and review some of the stuff I I have been bypassing.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Well, as um, as fun as this has been, um, I it, I think this might be a decent time to wrap it up for now. But sure. I would definitely love to uh, continue at another time because this is sure. This has you been can have me back fun. anytime you want. Yeah.
1: I don't feel I don't have a you editing though.
0: Oh no, no, no worries. It's like yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this, this this was a lot of fun to. You know, talking to like be able to just talk freely and generally and stuff like that about you know just all sorts of movies and get to know get to know you a bit better and get to know you know sort of like where you got started as far as blogging and blogging about movies and the types of movies and stuff like that. You know, it a lot of fun. I
1: wish I had a happier. I wish I had a happier original story mm. for you, but well, I what it I is, mean,
0: yeah. <laughs> But it, it was it was really good to talk to you today.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go back and listen to your interviews with Tim. Yeah, uh, I want to want to hear Tim. I bet I bet he's a hoot.
0: Oh yeah, so we so we've done like one actual interview for the podcast, but he's also been on to talk about different. Like I've had him on to talk about different movies. I've had him to on to like we did a podcast earlier this year on Jack Nicholson after his birthday and okay. uh about acting, about different performances and stuff like that that he really enjoyed a couple of years ago. So I mean it's 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 a pretty far reaching uh discussion. But yeah, he's a lot of fun to talk about, talk to and talk about.
1: Well, so Well if you ever have one with IFC movies, you'd be a ring for sure.
0: Oh yeah, we well, we we can def I think we can definitely arrange that, especially as I'm starting to uh, watch more and more of them. So
1: but yeah, that that would be fun. This was fun. I, I yeah. can't wait to see how it turns out.
0: Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll let you know when I post it. It'll probably be in a couple uh, weeks. But, sure, uh, take your
1: time. Yeah. I'll promote it like hell too.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's in. And, and I appreciate. It, but th- this was a lot of fun to uh, talk to talk to you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me
0: on. Oh no problem. Yeah, I'd like to thank Michael for joining me on the podcast today. It was really great to. Talk to him, and it's been great to get to know uh, some of my fellow bloggers as we've um, gone through this uh, past few months of uh, social distancing and quarantine with movie theaters uh, closed and just getting to know them, getting to know uh, what drew them to rang about films and uh, what keeps them rang about films. There's going to be more coming up in the uh, few months. I hope to uh, talk to a fellow, um, my friend Dave, about one of the great anime directors of all time. I hope to have some really interesting uh, things to say about the Fantasia International Film Festival, which I'm covering virtually. I'm looking forward to that. And many more as we get through the uh, rest of the year. Thank you very much for joining me on the Sonic Cinema Podcast. This is Brian Scuttle at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as Apple, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Thank you very
4: much.